place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Comics now. Welcome, 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 and thank you for tuning in. This is the Sunspots Comics Podcast, issue 56. It's our one-year anniversary. I can't believe it. Check out the feed. There's a ton of issues. I think we're up to, oh, this is 56, but there's one or two others that sneak in there. So I think 58 altogether. And they're fun, and they're quick, and they're good times, and you get some great comic book recommendations. So just check out everything I've done in the past. Thank you for listening. If you've been there since the beginning, Happy anniversary to you and to us and to all, and thank you so much for joining in on the fun. So you're listening to issue number 56 of the Sunspots Comics Podcast, where I cover New Comic Book Day, May 25th. So thank you so much for joining in on the fun, and if you don't, uh, please check us out on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Sunspots Comics. And of course, thank you so much, Nick, for the theme song fantastic getting nothing but positive feedback i every time i hear it it's stuck in my head and i love it and it really it just captures everything that i'm about and sunspots comics is all about please check out nick he's a fantastic musician you can see him on facebook.com slash pop d's p-o-p-d-e-e-z and of course on instagram at pop underscore d's d-e-e-z so thank you so much for the awesome theme song nick appreciate it and i love listening to it and uh, by the way, uh, just a couple things on my nerd brain. I'm going to jump right into it, actually, on the one-year anniversary podcast. Sorry I didn't have a lot more content. It just kind of sneaks up on you. And I do work a full-time job and other things. And so it just gets crazy. You know how it is. But I'm so appreciative and thankful for all of you that have been there from the beginning and that have listened, or anyone, for that matter, that's jumped in and checked out the podcast and, and shared and liked and retweeted and and Instagram double clicked on for liking and sharing etc thank you for all of your support thank you to my family my friends you all knew who you are that have supported me and those super fans you know who you are super fans that have just been so supportive and so helpful i wouldn't be here if it wasn't for you your positivity just continually strengthens me and and makes me inspires me to just keep on going and so thank you to all you loved ones family friends all of you and I can't thank you enough. All of my family, my wife, Patsy, my son, Justin, and everyone that's uh, always been supportive and listen to the podcast and and just, just you know, keep the love going. And I really appreciate it. So thank you so much. And I can't believe it's been a year already. But just some things popping around in my nerd brain. Uh, it, it, uh, I can't believe that it's the Flash finale, season two Flash finale. It was so good. I don't want to spoil it. But go see The Flash if you are looking for a TV show to binge. That's the one. Just jump into season one. I actually bought season one on Blu-ray, which I don't buy television. So that really says something. I never buy TV shows, hardly ever, on my giant collection of 70 million Blu-ray slash DVDs that I have. But I went and bought The Flash season one and watched some of it again and even some of the special features. And season two was amazing. I wouldn't say it's it was at the level of season one because it was new, it was fresh. And I haven't been the biggest Flash fan, but that is just turning me into a gigantic Flash fan. And the season finale of season two was amazing. I love how it even tied in to the DC Universe Rebirth comic that just came out, which was okay in my book, just not for me. But I I even dug how it kind of tied in there and Wally West and, and how Barry was in it and the ties there, which I don't completely understand what I read there in that comic, but it was good. And I liked how they tied in the TV show to the comic. And... I'm going to get into soon a review with me and Justin uh, of the X-Men Apocalypse movie and Civil War Captain America 3. 
But one thing that just jumped into my nerd brain recently was after seeing it, I saw the credits twice, and there was a a sort of a informational line of how they used Bruce Lee's likeness and or something related to Bruce Lee, and they had approval of it to use Bruce Lee in the movie, but after seeing it a second time, I did not see anything Bruce Lee anywhere, and I was really conscious of it, and I was really trying to find where Bruce Lee was. I'm a gigantic Bruce Lee fan, so if any of you out there know where Bruce Lee was, maybe it was a deleted scene. Maybe it's just not in there, period, but if you saw anything Bruce Lee or an image of it or someone... Uh, said something that uh, quoted him or something. I just completely missed it, but you saw it in X-Men Apocalypse. Please write me, chris at sunspotscomics.com, and I will send you a prize just for informing as to where it is. I've uh, looked a little online, kind of got frustrated, didn't bother. So if you have seen it, you know where it is, let me know. I'd really appreciate it. Another thing on the Nerd Brain, the TV show Preacher. I actually still haven't watched all of it, but I've decided after watching about three quarters of it, to go ahead and just pick up issue number one of Preacher, because I never read the comic from uh, 1995, and read issue number one. So I'm going to get into that soon, but I've just paused on watching the show whilst I read some comics, have a little more background, and then I'm going to jump back into the show and, and finish that. It's definitely worth looking at and worth seeing. It's It has a high production value, the TV show does, uh, and you can tell that they've really hit the sweet spot on some of the casting. So I'm most definitely in and going to continue it on, but I've... Uh, further in the podcast here, I'll be reviewing issue number one of Preacher. Also, something cool that I, I grabbed in Flagstaff when I was out there, uh, my stepson graduated from college, which props to you. Shout out to Adam. So proud of you. You graduated college in four years. We were in Flagstaff, and whenever I'm kind of anywhere, I like to run into a comic book store and grab something to support them. And I actually grabbed Image Plus. And Image Plus is a magazine that is free if you buy the gigantic $4 preview uh, catalog that comes out every so often, every three months. And the Image Plus, I gotta say, is well put together. Just a nice little magazine with some great articles. There's an opening uh, sort of entrance uh, intro to the magazine from Eric Stevenson, which is great. Uh, check it out. And then there's a very in-depth interview from Marjorie Liu, who's the creator of Monstrous, which I checked out the first few. And it was I might jump back into it, but the art is amazing, and Marjorie Liu is the creator and writer and artist so doing it all is difficult right so image plus very good i'm going to check it out i grabbed issue number two and i grabbed the latest preview magazine so i'm hopefully going to be going through that soon and reading image plus issue number two it's just a magazine of just all things image and there is in this image plus number one the negan sort of uh, introduction or backstory to, ne to negan in the walking dead series and what he did and who he was and kind of how his life was. I haven't read it yet, but just kind of a cool like four pages uh, by Robert Kirkman and by Charlie Adler, the artist. And I'm going to check that out. So very cool. Check out Image Plus if you just, you're itching for sort of a comic book magazine. You want to check it out. It's only $2 or free if you just buy a preview magazine. So very cool. Check out Image Plus. And uh, so now I'm going to jump right into it now. I'm going to go ahead and start. Uh, thank you so much, Justin, for being the special guest on the anniversary sort of anniversary uh, issue here of Sunspots Comics Podcast. Him and I sit down for about an hour and review X-Men Apocalypse and Captain America 3 Civil War. So here you go. And by the way, spoiler alert, we do discuss the movies in depth. I don't say we give away completely everything, but just be warned. You should see these movies already. 
They are fantastic. I know X-Men just premiered this weekend. Civil War has been out for a few weeks. But check them both out if you haven't already seen them. And I think we have an interesting kind of take on a few areas of both movies. So I, I really enjoyed listening to our interview again. So thank you again, Justin. And please follow him uh, at Just LA Kings. So here you go. Here's our interview and our reviews of the movies X-Men Apocalypse and Captain America 3 Civil War. Here you go. Me and Justin. <laughs> Well, hey there, this is our show. <laughs> we love Kevin Smith. But hey, this is um, <laughs> this is Chris and uh, this is Justin. Yo. And we just saw X-Men Apocalypse and we thought we'd take a moment here to review Captain America 3 Civil War and X-Men Apocalypse together. He has one gooey goodness, PB&J style <laughs> Marvel Cinematic Universes. Right. Together, uh, man. And thanks for coming on the anniversary show, sort of? Yeah, one year anniversary. Just think of how much good times we've been through. Oh my gosh. <laughs> well, you were my very first guest, so it's appropriate that you are my one year anniversary guest. I will be here every year until we die. Do you remember that first episode? <laughs> uh, like that. that for, uh, well, yeah, you stuck a mic in my face outside of Jurassic World. Right. Yeah. Oh, then, then you remember that? Okay, that was right, because that was so brief. But you remember the second time? <laughs> When you were on the show with me, and I did the comics and did the news, and you were just kind of there. Oh, yeah, yeah. I was cold commentating. Yeah, yeah. That, was, that was fun. I want to say it was issue three. Might have been, yeah. But we'll have to look in the yeah. archives. You know, you know, it's funny. Every time I'm on the podcast, you say, oh, that's like the most listened to episode. So I must, you guys must like me. Well, I just, I Hopefully. tell that to everybody, actually. No, nah, you suck. <laughs> I tell it to everyone. This right here is going to be the most listened to issue. It better be. <laughs> I'm saying it again. Alright. So we did just literally with my uncle, my, my brother, your uncle. My uncle. Bob and his wife Ashley saw it all together. Shout out time. Yeah. Hey guys. Thanks for joining us. And so we're going to go ahead and start off with X-Men Apocalypse because it's fresh in our brains and we just walked out of the theater literally. We saw it at the Harkins Theater in Chino Hills, and we saw an eight o'clock, eight forty-five show. Yeah, and it was uh, it was sold out. Yeah, it was packed. It was real packed, and I knew it was packed because there was a little kid behind me kicking my chair all damn movie. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, that was uh, awesome. and that weird moth that was flying through the oh, air. Oh boy, yeah, it was a moth just flying through the air <laughs> the whole time. It was like I called it <laughs> when I said bug apocalypse. Bug apocalypse. It was metal because you put it in your hand to crush I, I it. I swear to God, I caught it. I I swear. And then it I, just I, flew I away. swung like a like it was a person. <laughs> I, I grabbed it. I thought I grabbed it, but um, I guess I didn't. Well, it was adamantium, so there's nothing you could no, do. No, I had, yeah. There's nothing. It's an it invincible <laughs> bug flying around. <laughs> But uh, otherwise, this was my second time. This was your first. Yeah, it was my first. Which so, is weird because uh, this year I've gone to every midnight premiere except for this one, it, superhero movie-wise. Yeah, so... Uh, you told it, me something early on about uh, as far as expectation and excitement, excitement level. Well, yeah, yeah. I, w walking into this movie, I, I've heard a couple of non-spoiler stuff uh, on a couple podcasts I listen to. And I walking in the doors, I said, well, I've heard a lot of good things heard a lot of bad things, and most of it has just brought me to lowering my expectations, uh, hoping that it would make the experience better to me, and honestly, I, it did. It made the movie a lot more uh, enjoyable. I mean, coming into this movie, I had watched First Class and Days of Future Past. So and, did I. Uh, I watched them both in preparation. Yeah, I watched them maybe about a 
couple days ago, maybe a week. Uh, but yeah, I, me too. I so yeah, coming into this movie, I had those movies fresh in my mind, and I had a couple of reviews fresh in my mind. You know, non-spoiler stuff, but most people saying that it was good. It was it wasn't you know Days of Future Past worthy because mm-hmm. everyone says that that's the highest of the X Men franchise. Uh, but you know, so to me. It is probably the second best of the X-Men movies to me. Okay. Uh, I put First Class, uh, no, uh, Days of Future Past up on top in terms of X-Men movies. Uh, the new three, I guess we could say, you know. So you got, you know, X-Men, uh, Days of Future Past up on top. Yeah, these timelines are so confusing. <laughs> what are they saying, uh, Deadpool? Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, fourth wall within a fourth yeah, wall. Uh, oh 16 walls. Oh, yeah. Uh, but um, So, yeah, in terms of the new X-Men movies, Days of Future Past is up there on top. Um, you got this one. And then uh, then you got First Class. I mean, First you, Class... You is... know what you could say, though, easily, right? That this is the... I mean, there's, there aren't many prequels out there but these are basic basically prequels that are retconning yeah the originals it's, in a much better way it's the it's the prequel we always wanted from the star wars the, you know um <laughs> so are we going full spoiler on this oh another spoiler alert yes we're we're gonna we're gonna spoil it so if you haven't seen the movie yet uh please you know come back to it but definitely uh um check out the other um movies as well before you jump but spoiler alert yes yeah Okay, well, I'm going full out there with some spoilers right now. I'm not even joking. Um, the thing that the one part of the movie that kind of took me out of it, and I, and I, uh, you you might get mad at me for saying this. I don't know because you don't like me talking down I'm on ready movies. Ready to get angry. Um, <laughs> even on some of my blog posts, you're like, "Stop being so negative." And I'm like, "Oh, okay, all right." Because you but, know, it's uh, just me. That's how but I yeah, am. Uh, so um, the one thing that took me out of this movie um, was. Spoilers. Uh, Wolverine is in this movie uh, for about a minute and a half. Uh, was the part where Gene meets Wolverine? And the only thing I could think of was really? X Men that, Two. That's what took yes, you out of it. Which was, in my head, I was just thinking from X Two. You know, probably the best of the old three. <laughs> it's funny I have to say that the best of the old three. I just kept, I kept thinking about how he just like full on loved Gene Grey. Like, he just, like, over head over heels for Jean Grey. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. in my head, in this movie, I was like, dude, he's a pedophile. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? She's like, like 14. Yeah, man. like, what the hell? Like, so, <laughs> that's all I could think about was, like, she's, you know, that's weird. she's reading his mind, and he's he's totally gonna love her in about maybe six or seven years, you know what I mean? When he comes to meet them, well, if we're even sticking to that continuity... Because, you know, 99 yeah, they, was when the first movie... And plus you know, they kind of retconned that. It's yeah. Kind of, it's, that's kind but, of not the origin anymore. This is the prequel that yeah. redoes the origin and kind of eliminates those movies. Yeah. But in, ways. That, in terms of that scene, it was just like, well, does he love her now? Or does he get a lover later? Because it just no. looked like... You see those, like... I mean, Hugh Jackman props to his acting. You could see just the... The, he's lost. Yeah. You know what I mean? And when, and then but when he, Gene and then comes... smidge of clarity when, there. But when Gene comes in and gives him that little, you know, mind trick, she Jedi mind tricks his ass, um, <laughs> he, he could see, you know, he, he, he realizes. And I, at that moment, I was like, so this is how he loves her? Like, this is how he kind of falls in love with her? You know what I mean? So uh, that's hmm. all I could think about was... Was I was comparing it to the old movies? Maybe I shouldn't have done that. that. That's that was um, the problem right there. But uh, <laughs> but I, I I just you know you, you kind of have to because Days of Future Past brought them in. You know what I mean? They brought the old cast in. So in my mind, 
I'm thinking that it's still somewhat connected to the old three. And th- that part just kind of took me out of the movie a little bit. Uh, you know, I was at up until that point, I was invested. I was, you know. So yeah, I didn't I didn't tie into the old movies that scene at all. And I really felt like if they were going to have a romance, what may have sparked it here is that she was inside of his head at that moment and unlocked a couple of memories. And she's not fully in control of her powers, so how she bounced around in his head, who knows? And she could have basically like planted Destroyed her personality, yeah. her personality into his brain permanently. She put him in that Total Recall Dream Girls, you know, Boom. program. There you go. That's that's kind of what I was thinking. Is that unknowingly because she can't control her power, uh, she's like implanted herself permanently in, in his brain, and, that's why and he he's more obsessed oh, with her. I mean, there's you know, it's all speculation up until we figure <laughs> out, you know, but. Uh, you know, going back to just the whole movie in, as an entirety, it I was I was pleased. I was very happy with this movie. Yeah. And um, in comparison, uh, believe it or not, my I think the way I'm keeping my rankings class is, is in movie. order of the movies. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah I think I first class figured. was my favorite, and then uh, Days of Future Past was my second, and then this was my third. But like, I give first class like a solid A. Yeah. And I give uh, Days of Future Past like a you know an A minus B plus. And I still give this like a, a B B plus. Yeah, I mean, yeah. It, um, in I give comparison it four, to the four other... out of five sunspots. <laughs> in comparison <laughs> to the older two movies, uh, I still think that um, Days of Future Past just had so much, like I guess, just beats of the comic that I felt. You know, I felt like I was watching a comic, especially in the future. The future scenes, oh, I just wanted more. Um, <laughs> Uh, you know, I, I I just felt like it was a comic book movie, and even when they went back in time to the seventies, like it was such a, it was such a good seventies movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was. You felt like it was in the past. You know, you felt like, and and so yeah, the, to, to me, Days of Future Past just edges this one out, and edges um, First Class out. I mean, if you look at First Class, it's such a different story in itself. It's well, what know, they also captured was. That that timepiece element of the movie in a very yeah. romantic way. This maybe doesn't do it as much. It's eighties. Uh, I felt it was uh, it was my it was my my high school my junior high my high school <laughs> period 80s, of time. So yeah. I could definitely relate more to this. But it maybe for me it didn't have that era of a sort of time pieced movie because that was yeah. a little more in my in my present for me. So those other movies had this romantic, cool sixties and seventies vibe that this didn't have. But it was, but it was fine. I, I thought still, it was I, you good. know, I think that's one thing they've done well throughout the three movies is you don't really care what time they're in. You know what I mean? It's a good story, and and I think this one put it more in the forefront for me uh, mm-hmm. in terms of the time period. Uh, I kind of noticed it more. It, you know, and, and it's I'm not saying it's a bad thing because most of you know the '80s is hilarious to me. <laughs> um, you know, I'm a '90s kid, man. I was so. But you know, I, I just I, I I felt like it was a little bit more obvious the time period in this one with the hairstyles and the clothing styles and you know. Uh, I thought they toned it down because I thought I mean I was I lived in it and I think I well, felt it was a much <laughs> uglier phase than this well, yeah, movie showed. But it is a movie and they, yeah, they it must have been different as, for you a little and, bit. Yeah, yeah, to live it is um, a whole other thing. But but yeah, it, I I, it felt, I felt like that aspect <clears> of it stood out a little bit more. To me, the time wow. period, you know, but I mean, I didn't grow up in the 80s, so I don't know. But, uh, um, I, I don't know, I just felt like, to me, what stood out the most about that was the costume design. And not, not just the costume design, but like the hairstyles. 
I think is what was kind of more obvious. Is it was like, oh, yeah, they are in the eighties. Like were... Nightcrawler, you got emo Nightcrawler. It was yeah. a little weird for me at first, but uh, it, he grew on me. He's more like Michael Jackson's jacket. Yeah. He even had some of his like his mannerisms and yeah. movement and speech style and how he was kind of nervous and very kind of quiet yeah. in ways. It was um, like like a like a little form, a strange mutant form of Michael Jackson was on the screen. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, going back, uh, I guess to my I, uh, my favorite part of the movie, and I'm pretty sure this is everyone's favorite part of the movie because it's it. We'll say it, it at it, the it, same time. We'll say the character's <laughs> name at the same time on the count of three. We'll see if we're if we're in tune uh, here. One, two, three. Quick Quicksilver. <laughs> yes, <laughs> you went before I did. But Sorry, you, I couldn't you went before it. three. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's how yeah. you know it's Quicksilver. He stole the movie in that scene, uh, yeah. of course. Where he's, I love that this, the introduction he to him being around was the bee. Frozen, and yeah. you just know, here we go. Yep, here it comes. And, and you knew right away, like, oh man, they're doing it again. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, they're doing one of those scenes again. And right off the bat, man, it's just, it's hilarious, yet you're like, oh crap, like this is. You, you never know. want it to end. Yeah. <laughs> I, I wanted the movie to finish that way yeah. with Quicksilver running around and saving people. Yeah, man. He, I didn't want it to stop. He, by <laughs> far, is my favorite character of this series. Um,. It, it, that that actor man he, he just does it so well like the way he just he he's he makes fun of himself you know he's he, it's so self-referential in a way i feel like you know he yeah. he knows he's playing a, a superhero in a way you know but he's he's but uh, he's just my favorite character I, I love him you know especially in this movie um what do you think of this scene in particular though did you think it was better than the one in Days of Future Past, or do you think it was on par? It was or... much. It was a. Yeah, that's a it, hard was one to, hard it was different. It was different. It was on a grander scale, right? Yeah, you had a lot more, more area, more space, more reaction with there people. There was more it was longer. Armed, yeah, the, the stakes were a little bit higher at this point. Yeah, innocent lives, kids in jeopardy, and so I felt like this. He was a little bit more serious up until when he knew he was good. You know, what I mean, then he yeah. was like, "Oh, he's throwing kids out the windows." And, you know, making yeah. sure they landed in water, and he threw out a sheet, and, and you know they landed There's on it. There's a certain part of the first appearance of him in in uh, Days of Future Past, in that scene where he's just running around the room, and the water is spray, and that song, yeah. that still is just so iconic and such a strong visual moment that yeah. I might like that a little more than this, but still loved this as well. Yeah. And the rhythmic song... And like I said, it was a grander scale. It was a bigger area. It was just a lot more going on. A lot of moving pieces. <laughs> I felt like they had like um, they had that that aspect of where it's like just off the side of their head, and you see their reaction frozen in time. But Quicksilver is still kind of like you know yes. running. And they had you know the dog. They had Hank yeah. uh, McCoy. They had you know all the Such the characters that he grabbed and pulled out. They had that visual. Of yeah. off to the side of their head, like they were wearing like a head cam or something. Yeah, and it was it was and they just had these expressions <laughs> on their tunnel. face. Yeah, funny. and like their faces are all distorted and oh, but yeah. You know what I dug too? Did you catch that at the beginning of that scene? He has a Twinkie in his hand and leaves yeah. it midair. Did yeah. he go back to that Twinkie because he went back to the tab soda? Yeah, and there were other aspects that they flash back to. But did I he get the he Twinkie? Was a Twinkie though, did he awesome. get it? I don't know. I didn't see it. Because he left it in midair and he started, and then I don't remember if he went back because there was a it. lot of fast stuff happening. I, yeah, I doubt it. I, I, I'd have to see it, though. Because if he did, that's amazing. <laughs> he, he did it all before the four. Twinkie hit the ground. Yeah, that'd be crazy. He's like, oh, there he is. You know, I got the Twinkie. <laughs> I have to see it again um, for that, especially. Yeah, yeah. But uh, by far, the best scene of the movie, It's if you're comparing it to Civil War, that's their airport scene. You know what I mean? Yeah. And we're not jumping we're to not that movie just yet. yet because... 
you know, we got a lot more to talk about X-Men. But uh, but there were some, uh, I thought, emotionally, this one hit in a couple yeah, spots man. that, uh, that say, maybe the last two movies didn't really do it yeah. all. Yeah. I, I honestly felt like someone could have died. Like, I mean, spoilers, well, you know, Alex Summers dies in Havoc. this movie. Or does he? We don't really know. I mean, the house yeah, is Havoc blown is to smithereens, There's right? no way he's alive. If he's alive, it's gonna piss me off blasted somehow. a yeah. mile away or something <laughs> yeah. I don't know um, but I, you felt the stakes yeah right? like I felt like, and this goes along with Civil War too I felt like this had repercussions like there was I I, I Magneto why, like yeah Magneto but Michael what Fassbender happened to him, is such a great oh, actor man. but yeah I just felt like I even felt like oh crap are they gonna kill off Quicksilver at one point like it's they possible. can't kill off their best character you know you're what I mean? like no yeah, I was like no but you know so, I thought I, you know what I felt like I felt like Michael Fassbender's appearance in the movie I felt like he wasn't in it that much but yeah. what he was in it he carried like he was the heavyweight actor in the room oh yeah did oh, you yeah. get that yeah I felt like like he, he brought he brought like like another level of acting yeah him and him and um. Ah oh man, I'm getting him. James McAvoy. Yeah, James. They McAvoy. both of them have that that you know they're kind of the elders of this right this 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 uh, franchise. They're the sort of masters yeah. of. If you so will. um, I, I I get I get what you're saying that they're they're the they're the main kind of they just bring you know this flavor to this movie that it's just yeah. like you know and they have been for two other movies you know yeah. what I mean you got to remember that you know I didn't know Michael Fassbender up I mean maybe I've seen him in a little smaller roles up until First Class. And that was my introduction to Michael Fassbender, and man, he's he just stepped it up. Right, he's and, the heavyweight and, yeah. in the movie, right? Like, um, you feel like he, he has a certain uh, draw to him, and he brings like he brings true acting and some serious definitely. emotions I, and intensity. I definitely felt like he could have said nothing in this movie, and I would have felt every single emotion that he was feeling. Because yeah. man, like the, the stuff that he this character has gone through. I don't know how he's ever gonna have a good day again. Yeah. Like Jesus, like that would just destroy me as a person. Like he, so you know, just as a spoiler, so you guys know, <laughs> you know, his wife and his kid die, man. Yeah. That and was not even just that. Like you gotta remember, his parents were brutally yeah. killed. Like, like how do you? They truly like justify his and actions. Make sense of his actions as yeah. to why he like says, "Look, like these guys that." were part of my of killing my family. Yeah. You have to die. Yeah. <laughs> to be honest, it's hard to see him as a villain sometimes. Like right. you just you well, for one, it's Michael Fassbender. Right. You know, you just you like him. Right. You know, he just has that charisma, you like Michael Fassbender. And then on top of that, like you feel for this character. You do. And they, they they definitely from, you know, the older movies, because you know, Magneto has this background history that they never yeah. explained in the older movies. Mm -hmm. You get that, and you finally kind of realize that, you know, he's not like a just a villain. Like right. he he has it's emotional a complex, complicated exactly. character. And and I know you remember. I remember back when you know you were showing me the original X Men series. You were saying like you know like he's one of my favorite villains. He's got the most complex kind of reason why he's doing everything yes. in a way like to me Magneto is the Lex Luthor of Mar Marvel you know what I mean because he's just got even I more remember, like yeah, more complicated exactly because I remember you telling me about Lex Luthor again uh, yes. man you've taught me a lot but uh, <laughs> uh, I just remember you telling me about Lex Luthor and how simplistic his re you know his, his hatred exactly for Superman like yeah. you know how what the reasons behind what he's doing are so simplistic 
yeah. and so so deeply rooted and makes sense. Right. You know that Magneto's reasons for doing everything make even more sense. Yeah, even more sense. And they veered a little from what his typical M.O. is in a smidge, because yeah. like, he is all about mutant power. He's all about yeah. mutants being the next step of yeah. evolution and protecting mutants against mm-hmm. humans, sort of. They, they if you leave that at, for a sec, right? I, I don't know if I've heard but this somewhere. It goes. he goes back to form. Yeah. I don't know if I've heard this somewhere, or you know, maybe I have, and I'm bringing totally plagiarizing someone's words. <laughs> but uh, if you look at it in terms of the mutants, um, you got... You know, Professor X, you got Charles Xavier, who is the Martin Luther King of the mm. mutants. And then you got, okay. you know, I'm with you. you got, um, <laughs> oh, I can't think of his name. You got Magneto. Malcolm X. Malcolm X. Exactly. <laughs> of, the, more, of the mutants. A little more violent Exactly. And the leaders and of, of this kind of revolution. In a, in a way, way, sort of uh, yeah. fighting for the same thing. Exactly. They're but fighting for the same way. Ways. Exactly. And, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's if you kind of look at it like that, I feel like it adds kind of another sort of weird flavor that Magneto's not really a bad guy. Well, you you get it. You get... That's the, the, the true, like, duality of yeah. those two characters. That's really what it is. Yeah. It's one with nonviolent means and let's yeah. get along and has hope. And the other one that's like, look, yeah. this ain't happening. We gotta do it with violent measures. Yeah. yeah. And so, yeah, you got it. Yeah, but... just A plus on your uh, homework, your X-Men homework. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know too much about Magneto X-Men comic books, man. So, I mean, it's... It's kind of like I'm I'm pulling here, but it, 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 it you know I'm, I'm grasping for stuff to, to think of. But I mean I don't I don't know too much you know, about you the X Men. You surprise you're you're uh, you're <laughs> underestimating yourself. You're underestimating. You yeah. know a lot. You, I mean especially when you break them down per characters. Yeah. And you know the main two right, yeah. so well. You've got the gist there. Yeah. So no, you you've got a better handle on it than you're giving yourself okay. credit for. I, I feel like I know so much more about other other characters in Marvel. Like like if you think of in terms of like, sure. All the characters, X Men, it's like kind of on the, you know, further part of my brain. Yeah. Like Fantastic Four is even before them. Like you know, right. what I mean, I don't know too much about Fantastic Four, but I know a lot about Fantastic Four. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> um, but yeah. So, uh, what else about the movie, man? What, what's going on? Oh, I I uh, I thoroughly thoroughly enjoyed every time that Sursa, not Sursa, Sansa. Um, Sansa was on the screen. I thought her character was just had a, a an interesting she was like mysterious in a way they played her just yeah. right she's a good actress so she it just every scene involving her i just felt like it was like it was leading somewhere and she was she was important she was a key fact i knew that she would be like at the at the point where the team split that she would kind of take that leader role yeah and it well, just that's what Jean well before i get into that um that was one thing that again kind of pulled me out of the movie is that yeah. She is from Game of Thrones. I watch Game of Thrones religiously. <laughs> so maybe so it's just like, it yeah, it just felt like, oh, it's Sansa Stark. Like, she, why she got an English, uh, American accent? <laughs> you know, so I, I just, but, you know, again, that's such a minor thing to me is, you know, she's a really good actress. And I, I got that vibe from her that she was just, she couldn't control her powers and, mm-hmm. and all this stuff. She, she really portrayed Jean Grey in a really good kind of, you know, younger version of of, yeah. of somebody who's gonna grow up to be something dangerous. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? She she knows that's that she, the other aspect. You're right. That there is this danger element. Yeah, with her. she 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 feels like she's she something's not right. And, yeah. and obviously, by the end of this movie, you'll understand why. Yeah. I think I think I'm gonna leave that there because I don't want to spoil that part because okay. that part's awesome. Sure. Um. And yeah. <laughs> but uh. Um, and Nightcrawler. I got a, the other one was Nightcrawler. I have a real soft spot for Nightcrawler. It was oh, one of yeah, the first right. comics I ever read yeah. was Nightcrawler number one. Wow. And so I've always had this soft spot 
for Nightcrawler, though there hasn't been a ton of content with him yeah. over the years. But he's always been someone that just visually his skin color and how he looks yeah. and that he's German and he's he's Catholic and has this yeah. this religious background to him and that he's also a very reluctant sort of hero yeah. but steps up when needs to be you know when the time comes and when he's really needed yeah and they I was, played him as a uh, like a like a frail sort of character and, but man was he important oh my gosh <laughs> was he so important. <laughs> But um, and did he not step oh, up when yeah, he no, be? He, like, he, uh, he was he was the ace in the hole. Yeah, that was so underestimated, yes. especially for me. I you know, but uh, one thing I was worried about the character of Nightcrawler was his accent. The accents always kind of bugged me, even in X Two when he was. It's always kind of Kurt you know, Wagner. Yeah, like it's it's a little too thick for my you know taste. But you know, I see what you're saying. Cody Smith. It can come off as like dastardly bad yeah. guy twirling a mustache. Cody, yeah, but Cody Smith oh, makes me. The actor, you know, plays Nightcrawler. He played it he subtly. Did it, he did it really good. Like, yeah. uh, it still bugs me a little bit just because it's a German accent. It's really thick. Like, it's you know, it's it's kind of hard to to pick up on on some words and stuff. But he he did a good job. Um, I I felt like the character of Nightcrawler was very much important in this movie. Like like they like they underplayed yeah, him in the trailers absolutely. like they really needed him he was um, the ace in the hole yeah i, 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 I felt they didn't spoil his character in, in any of no, the trailers no like they, just, and and if you look at it like if without nightcrawler everyone's dead yeah you know, like, <laughs> he saved it he was the r2d2 of this movie yeah, he was <laughs> he a little bit more it. important if you, exactly. think, you know but uh uh in in terms of the other younger characters i think my favorite going forward they didn't I felt like they could have done more with him in this movie. Was Cyclops? Cyclops was played really well. Ty Sheridan, yeah. uh, you, you better watch out for this kid, man. He's yeah. a, I mean, he's my age, which is crazy. And, ready, Ready Player uh, One. Yeah, Ready the... Player One. He's he's gonna star in that, man. So, but um, he, I, I'm really looking forward to that. You know, as a, as a person who grew up on only the movies, not the X Men comics, I did not like Cyclops in the first three. Mm. Uh, I, I I didn't like him. Three. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't like. I, Wolverine was my favorite character. But now seeing this whole, you know, seeing his story again, maybe that's why I didn't really like. You know, think of the original three as being that good, and why I wasn't excited yeah. for this new series is because you don't really know the history of these characters, and Cyclops to me now is like, wow, okay. he's awesome. Like I like Cyclops. I think they had like this this. This like aura of making him kind of like arrogant. Yeah, like, in like the first was, three. Yeah, 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 in the first three, like he's had this arrogance about him, but this kind of grounds him and yeah. it shows that you know he is kind of a regular guy and like you know he's the most regular guy. Yeah. If you think of it, man, he was he's kind of just the dude. You know what I mean? Like like he's just you know he's just a teenager. You, yeah. you got to remember that all these these are kids, man. Like yeah. they're, they're high school age. You know what I mean? And they saved the day big time in this movie. Holy crap! But uh. You know, when you look at just Scott Summers in general, like, I don't know too much about the Scott Summers or the Summers family because somewhere down the line, Cable's involved there. I don't know mm -hmm. how that happens. Yep. And uh, you got Superior or whatever the, the, uh -huh. the, the, the I forget the character's name. But uh, um, the, so the whole Summers line of brothers, to me, I didn't know anything about it. And when in uh, <laughs> first class... When you get Alex Summers, it's like the Sutter family in hockey. Yeah, right? there's just a ton of them. <laughs> and you nobody's don't really gonna understand that. <laughs> but, yeah. um, For all you hockey fans, you will. Yeah, um, <laughs> but but yeah, like like when you get Alex Summers in the first movie, it was like like oh, this guy's related to, to Cyclops. Mm -hmm. like somewhere down the line, you know, we're gonna meet Cyclops, and I was kind of excited for that. 
and knowing the backstory again, yeah. it just builds this character for me. And and when Alex Summer dies, you really see the impact on Scott. Right. And you really see how it shapes some acting him to be, muscles there for him yeah, too. Man, like he, he brought in some gravity. It was yeah. intense. Even with, think without like, his eyes, you got to yeah. remember, like he had no yeah. eye, you know, expression. You couldn't exactly. see him, you know, expressing yeah. his through his eyes. And, and and for an actor to still be grounded and to have that feeling for me, especially to get that feeling when I can't see his yeah. eyes, they have to use still, other tools, right? Exactly, he has to use man. other things and. Uh, Props there for Brian Singer for directing the kid yeah, and Ty for him, Sheridan, man. He, for Ty Sheridan himself. Um, but yeah, like he, he, I, I'm really excited to see the younger characters progress. Yeah. You know, Scott Summers especially, Quicksilver especially. I'm, I'm more involved now because before this movie, I, I wasn't excited. Yeah. I, I, I'm going to be completely honest with you. I was not excited for this movie. I think I always kind of go in with a smidge like of worry when I see a like a big ensemble cast. Yeah. Whereas yeah. A, like a Brian Singer has to find a way to make them all have some spotlight moments and for you to really enjoy them all. That's a really hard thing to do. But yeah. I tell you, he pulled it off. Yeah, he pulled it off. And he, and he, he pulled it off, you know, in the movie You've got enough this. of everyone. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Um, well, didn't Brian Singer not direct... He didn't direct First Class. Or no, Days he directed. He directed Days of Future, okay. Future Past. Um, he, you know, Matthew Vaughn directed First Class. Yeah. Matthew Vaughn doesn't get enough credit for this. Yeah. He technically started the new X Men right. universe. And if the writing team. If we can yeah, yeah, props, I'm pretty sure. I'm, yeah, <laughs> they, definitely. They established involved. the new universe. And yeah, they put it, it all but in motion. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm so excited for like you know Moving like forward. I said like a mid '90s movie now. Yeah, man, that's my era. <laughs> I guess in a way. Um, but um, I, I I can definitely say that this movie put me into the fandom of X Men because I wasn't originally connected to the series at all. Like I, I Daisy Major Past was good, but now like seeing them all together as as one big chunk of a movie, like. It's 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 involved me more. I'm 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 happy to that yeah. I went and saw this movie in theaters. If I would have waited like I waited for Days of Future Past and saw it with you at home, it would not have been the <laughs> That's same. Right, I forgot because I, ne- I didn't theater. go see Days of Future Past in theaters. Yeah. Man, how time how times have changed because I will <laughs> never let that happen again. And that's that's great because people of your age uh, don't so much bother yeah. paying to go to the movies. Oh yeah, I mean. So if you're listening, people of Justin's age, <laughs> you should be paying to go to the movies. It's still a great experience. It's yeah. still something different having it that large, Definitely. and that loud, yeah, and, and that environment and everything. I, um, hands down, like being in the theater to me, and and not just because it's my hobby, and not just because I want to do movies later on in in life yeah exactly (laughs) not just because it's my you know my passion um it 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 just makes you immersed and it does when you get the movie on dvd or whatever it just it's not the same because i can honestly say like there are movies that i don't think is good uh, that are are not as good as when I saw him in the theater. Like, yeah. There's, there's experiences. Especially big, like, blockbusters. Temple sound movies, effects, yeah. explosions, things yeah. that, that require a larger screen, a larger feeling of immersion with sound. Definitely. This and, is one and, of those movies, I feel. Like, I yeah. mean, most Marvel movies and tentpole movies that you get, you yeah. know. Marvel, where, DC, exactly. you know, Fox. You gotta <laughs> see him in theater. You gotta see him in theater. Because it, you do. It, it just, it sucks you in. And... and into this world and and not just these kind of movies either but like every movie 
It's, unless yeah. it's a bad one, you know. I mean, <laughs> it just you know that's how I know it's a bad one if I'm not focused. Right. You know what I mean? If I'm not focused, then I know it's not a very good movie. And this but, movie, yeah. we were very focused. Oh, definitely. Yeah, X Men yeah. Apocalypse. Absolutely. Except for that fantastic. damn bug. <laughs> that, yeah, bug apocalypse. Yeah. That adamantium bug that was. Yeah. Us. Overall, I think uh, I give this. This is. Uh, I give this one. I give it like a. Like a four point two out of five stars. Oh, you like, give it like a, a smidge. Like sunspots, you mean? Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, I might actually lower it just a just a smidge. I gave it four. Four. Yeah. Out of five. Then I might go. I might go like three point eight. You know, uh, we didn't yeah. even talk about what what uh, smidge thing that bugged me. You talked about yeah. the scene with Gene and Wolverine. I actually had a little bit of problem with some of the close up makeup on Apocalypse. Yeah. His, it, it was just a little goofy. Sometimes the teeth were blue and sometimes yeah. they weren't. It, the puffy cheeks. So some of that, and, and I love that actor. Yeah, uh, Oscar Isaac? Yeah, I mean. Poe Dameron? Poe Dameron. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah. I, I thought uh, that took me a little smidge out of it. Yeah. That I, I were, saw I tried to. That... I tried to overlook that because I appreciated yeah. that it was actual makeup. It just it took wasn't, me a smidge out. Yeah, of it, it wasn't. It was actual makeup. I'm pretty sure there was a lot of CG involved, but I was so happy that it was practical makeup because yeah. you know, so you know, it's a cop out nowadays. We can go with CG, like yeah. It, it, so, do you I, think it's weird, or do you think there's any possibility of this concept that because it's set in the '80s, that he, that at moments they they brought down the level of CG to make it feel like it was hopefully. an 80s movie? I Did they? So, man. I, was that just my brain? I couldn't tell. I'd have to, I, you know, going, ah, oh, man. This is the only, the only... Because maybe there is that co- that, yeah. that direct, like, that correlation there, like that, 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 that Brian Singer thought, this is a movie set in the 80s, yeah. I want it to feel like it's in the 80s. It was, Let's it felt bring like the special effects down a smidge. Again, like, this is why I like to see something twice before I review it uh-huh. is because I would catch little things like that more. Sure. Um, not even just that, though. I, it establishes my emotions a little bit more. Because, mm-hmm. I mean, I can be honest. Like, I'm on an X-Men high right now. If I see it again <laughs> and maybe I don't think it's as right. good, I could lower my expectations. I have to see it again. You know what I mean? But uh, Well, I judge that not maybe necessarily by the second time, but uh, the, the, say, three or four emotionally heavy scenes yeah was I like eh move on no yeah it was no uh, eyes teared up yeah I got the chills again yeah it still brought me in okay I, I'm gonna be completely honest man I full on thought I was having a stroke at one point cause <laughs> I was fully immo- I was fully immersed and I had chills all the way down my body man Holy and it was when which uh, particular scene I, well I said which, I wouldn't spoil oh, it okay oh yeah, that moment in that I, moment yeah yeah I was like oh like I just thought I I was gonna have a heart attack at one point. I was like, oh, like I was just, I, oh man, yeah, it was. It was well, I got you there. I I was like hit though when uh, in the Magneto scene early on when yeah uh, he, his family. Well, was no, killed. you know what? When that happened, I was still. I I, I just I I just, oh these guys are screwed. Yeah, you like were all, all so dead. dead. You were Where all is dead. the medal? I thought. Yeah, Where he pulls is off the, the necklace and goes oh, oh and then was just, shoot. That another another intense. quarter scene from the first the first right. class movie. It was it was one of those. But yeah, um, again, I'll probably go three. Uh, I don't want to give it such a good rating because I haven't seen it yet. Well, you're giving I mean? your four point two yeah. tentatively at this I'll, point. I'll give it. I'll give it, it once. I'll give it a three point eight confirmed <laughs> until until I see it again. 
<laughs> to, uh, with chances of it going higher or lower, three point eight. You went down. Um, you're at four point two. It's at, it's at a B minus for me. It's at a B minus. <laughs> I, I don't I don't know until I see it a second time. I I, I don't trust myself until then. And <laughs> Batman versus Superman is an example because I have majorly lowered my scale. For wow, that. that's but weird. um yeah three point eight until I see it a second time. Three point right. eight sunspots out of five. What's nice. yours? Mine was four out of five sunspots. Four held it sunspots. from the first time to the second. It remained the same. Okay. It was solid. It was well, a we'll great We'll see movie. in mine. I, I test your theory. Uh, All right. Well, yeah. We'll, we'll see it when I see it a second time. Because I'm going to see it a second time. Exactly. But go see it. It's a fantastic movie. Pay the money. Go see it in the theater. Don't watch it on Cody or whatever it is you're streaming. <laughs> <laughs> With some guy walking up, up in the middle of watching it yeah. to get popcorn. Just go and pay. Go to the theater. Enjoy the experience. It was a ton of fun. It's an really ensemble fun. piece. Really fun. Count how many superheroes with powers oh, are in this movie. Oh, boy, yeah. It made me want super superpowers, man. Oh, I goodness. wish I was a mutant. I wouldn't mind Psylocke. I thought so, even Olivia Munn, who I'm not the biggest she fan had, of. The only she thing, was She had like five words in this whole movie. Though, the, and they didn't know? jam her. They yeah. didn't they jam didn't, yeah, Olivia Munn down her throat. Which they could have, man. They could have over Olivia Munn. This, she is, <laughs> they could have munned it to death. She is something else, man. But yeah, um... Moving no, on. Was... We gotta move on. To yeah, so movie. there you go. There's our review. Now we're gonna move on to Captain America 3, The Civil of War. Civil War, man. Oh, is oh. That The Civil of War? The Civil of War? <laughs> no, is that wrong? Yeah, Civil kidding. War. Come on, man. The I don't civ- even think there's a three in the there. The Civil of the War. I think it's, I think it's of just the... Captain America 3, Civil War. No, it's not three. <laughs> Captain America, Civil War. There's a colon in there. Isn't it Steve Rogers, Captain America 3, The Civil of the War? Oh, boy. Jesus. I think that's, okay. that's the whole time. <laughs> All right. Oh, sure, that's what <laughs> oh, wait, it's called. Oh, wait. And then at the end, it's slash Avengers 3. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, whoever said that this... Whoever said... I, I, I think... I can't remember who said it in the press... It was who, me. Who said? No, no, no. I no, said no. in the press. Who said it? Who said in the press that it wasn't Avengers three? This is totally Avengers three. Um, okay. This is this is better than Age of Ultron, Avengers. It was status most definitely. Yeah, and I still I still enjoyed it. I watched that as well. Um, prior to uh, to prior to that starting, I went ahead and watched Age of Ultron. But yes, I totally totally agree. It was uh, definitely better than Age of Ultron. Agreed. Agreed. Um, <laughs> I definitely, this is rose to the number one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie for me. Number one? Number one. It's, it's on the top of the list. Of I've all seen it Marvel three times. Movies, of, so, our, yeah. of all of them. All of the Marvel movies, yes. You realize that's all caps. Yeah. <laughs> all caps. All caps. All caps. <laughs> <laughs> that's all Thor's. Puns, that's puns. all Iron Man's. Yeah. Yeah. That's all Avengers. Yeah. This that's might all be... all Spider-Man's? An amazing Spider-Man. Yep. Do you throw them in there as well? Even though they're uh, well, Marvel. technically they're involved now. Yeah, sure. They're, yeah, but an X-Men series. I guess if you really throw in no, every no, Marvel, I'm saying movie? Marvel Cinematic Universe because I official it, it, MCU it, until by I, Disney. I'll put out a blog post about my <laughs> all-time superhero movies, but until that day, this is still my number one Marvel Cinematic Universe movie by from Disney. Disney. All right, it is number one. Doesn't that and suck it, that we have to kind of premise that in a way? Yeah, it sucks. To preface I mean, that. Nobody else really knows if you think of it. Like, not a lot of people can tell. Don't what you wish Disney they were just was, all under yeah. one house, though? Definitely, you know, simple definitely. Um, but anyway, so it's moved to it's, the it's number, number one. one, man. Um, and airport scene. Oh, yeah, that's the you best know, part. I, I, I think I still my number one, my my favorite Marvel movie is uh, is a, is Winter Soldier. Really? And I think second is he Avengers one. There, I know, and second is Avengers one. Really? And then this. I think it's my third really? favorite. Yeah. 
Because oh, Avengers 1, it was the first time you ever saw the Avengers. Like, there yeah. they were. They were all See, on one screen. It goes Civil War, Avengers for me. Oh, Civil and then, War, I put Avengers. Iron Man, then I put Iron Man after that, yeah. behind Cap 3. Yeah, it. well, for me. you know, for me, I just felt like like this. I put, I put this in my blog. If you guys, this is a quick shout out to myself, I guess. Uh, <laughs> go read my blog at Plug blog. yourself. <laughs> <laughs> go read my blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. Um, and you'll understand why I love this movie so much. Uh, it's because of Spider-Man. And I wrote yeah. this in my blog. Um, <laughs> I would say blog he like is 50 the times. He's the heart of the movie. He absolutely it, is. But not even just that, though. Like, Spider-Man is my all-time favorite superhero, and he always will be. And he always, he, since I was little, and you yeah. know this, you can have mm-hmm. told you so many times. Uh, but he's mine he as is, well. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Then you you are is. my father. <laughs> <laughs> he is. I mean, that was one of the earliest, besides my first comic that yeah. I read, Nightcrawler. After that, it was Spider-Man. Yeah. And uh, so yeah, he has my heart and always but, has. But just because of that, it raises it up a full another level for me because of Spider-Man and not saying that Spider-Man was important in this movie because technically he's really not he's such a minor part of this movie but to me he is what makes it so epic and I love it because of that would have been great though we didn't know he was here it was a surprise the internet didn't spoil it though in in terms of you and your spoiler freeness uh, I fully embrace I don't fully embrace Trailers, but uh, I <laughs> I, I will watch trailers, and you know, dad, my dad doesn't. He's completely against I try trailers. Not to. I watch the the one, and yeah. not the second, third, or fourth. But yeah, I watch see, just the one. I won't. Protest, I won't watch the last trailer. No, like that's that's just, that's like, just the worst one. Um, it's the but, week of the release. Yeah, and it's everything. Yeah, but uh, I I have to say I did watch the one with Spider Man, and boy, I was. It was so worth it. I, yeah. To be honest, that trailer was a masterpiece. Cause I didn't. I never saw it. I only saw still images on Instagram and see, Facebook, and that everyone just put still <laughs> images. I did not see him moving no. until the movie. Okay. Well, until um, the moving picture. No, until the yeah. <laughs> I saw um, but but when I saw that trailer and I was getting dressed for work when it was debuted, I was on you know the couch putting on my shoes, like getting ready to leave for work. And I had saw somewhere on the Twitter sphere um, that um, someone had twatted that yeah that <laughs> there was a new Captain America Civil War trailer out, mm. and I saw a picture of Spider Man, and I immediately was like, ah, oh, screw it, <laughs> screw it. I, it's the, the first look, glimpse of Spider Man. I gotta see it. Like I can't, I can't avoid it. And honestly, if, if Spider Man wasn't in it, I probably wouldn't have watched it. But yeah. uh, I. I saw Spider-Man was in the trailer, and I watched the trailer, and I woke up my roommate. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, Sorry, I, Moises. Yeah, yeah. I heard the story. <laughs> I, yeah, he, he sleeps in the room next to mine, and I, I full-on, like, oh, like I screamed, man. I'm not joking. When Spider-Man comes out at the end of that trailer, I full-on yelled, waking him up, and he goes, what, man? I walk into his house, and I, he's like, what? And I'm like, dude, watch this. And I, he's all half asleep, and play the trailer for him and he did the same thing so <laughs> in terms of just the, the trailer had me so th- this movie is it's by far the best so far it utilizes all the marvel characters so perfectly except for thor and Hulk. i mean isn't it crazy um, we had five spider-man movies yeah and redoing them this was your best this is your favorite experience Spider-Man? Moment my favorite spider-man? spider-man oh hell yeah and there were five other movies in spider-man oh hell yeah this is definitely <laughs> 
my favorite Spider-Man so far. That's and crazy. I mean, I, I put this in my blog as well. Check it out. Um, <laughs> that you only get about 30 minutes of Spider-Man. 28 so, minutes. 28 to be exact, you mm-hmm. know. Okay. Uh, but you only crazy. get 28 minutes. Exactly. That's a lot of minutes. But think, think of it, it like this. We've had... You know, five movies, we've had maybe 30 hours of content of Spider-Man, you know? To, for me to say that this is my favorite, you know, adaptation of Spider-Man within 28 minutes yeah, is saying something. something. Sure. Because I, I've, I've never seen Tom Holland in anything. Uh, and I immediately really fell in love with him. He hasn't been in anything. <laughs> yeah. But I immediately <laughs> fell in love with, it, with him. And, um, I've you know, seeing the new Spider-Suit... Oh my god! I, you New Spider Suit is fantastic. Yeah, I was kind of hoping for the Iron Spider going back to the comic, no. a little aspect of that, like say a backpack that yeah. that metal arms came out for. Eventually, a help. we'll get there, man. Slow your roll. <laughs> Slow your roll. We I just thought this is the time. This <laughs> no, is Civil no, War. Here we this, go. You're you're jumping way too. There's the no Civil War two uh, <laughs> for now, anyway. Yeah, but no, I'm just saying, like, like if we would have gotten that, it would have been too much. You know Maybe. what I mean? It would, have been, it would have been a little too much for me in terms of Spider-Man goodness because they had the perfect amount. But you know, any more Spider-Man less. aside for a sec, I have to say that it's fantastic that Captain America is relevant. Like, yeah. it's never been a comic that's been hugely successful, I would say. I mean, maybe there were flashes of moments of that. It's never really been like on the on the talk or, or you know, anything that just sort of germiates from from comic book shops where people are like oh did you read captain america oh did you yeah. it's never had that hype that build that 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 excitement and here it is like they've done three fantastic movies yeah um you know go before we started recording you showed me the new cap uh comic book yes where at the end and i'm pretty sure everybody knows the spoiler right because the internet um, spoiled this yeah the internet broke after this is is you got captain america saying hail hydra hail hydra um I told you right away. I was like, "Well, who wrote this?" You know, it's kind of a guy I've never heard of. And, yeah, Nick Spencer. Um, yeah, so it's a guy I've never really read anything of, and and I told and my and my dad was he was kind of tripping about it. You know, like like oh man, like maybe this happened, this happened, and I I mentioned to him I was like, "Well, again, you know, Captain America's never really been the best comic book." <laughs> you know, what I mean, in terms of comic books, he's not up there. You know, what I mean, and so now now he's so relevant. He is so relevant. Yeah, that it's like. And he was used again as another kick to the short hairs, to the, to the scrode section, <laughs> when DC's like, well, check it out, 80 pages, rebirth, only two ninety nine. Hail Hydra, it took two words Hail to Hydra. kill that. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's it. They, like, they just dropped a giant mic and was like, Hail Hydra. Yeah, they, they kick, they, I think uh, Captain America kicked Superman, Batman, and Wonder Woman in the nuts, and Wonder Woman <laughs> doesn't have nuts, but that's saying something. So um, yeah, I mean it, it. It it's just a great testament to Chris Evans, to the Russo brothers, to the three movies that have made Captain America relevant and yeah. people talking about it and people angry. Man, the internet is so angry over Hail Hydra. Man. <laughs> it's <laughs> kind of funny like, how like how like wow. I think like, it's great. Yeah. I think yeah. it's. I do. I I I just feel empowered and happy that yeah. people take that much interest in well, Captain America. How long in the comic books have has Steve Rogers been gone? Been gone for a while, right? You know, a now, year or two, maybe. I don't know. He's remember he, he, he lost, lost his, his powers, powers and became yeah. an old man, and then now he got his powers back. So he's always been in it, and he he kind of took that he took that Nick Fury role uh, with Sam Wilson as and Cap- of the little I read of Captain okay. America since yeah. he's been old, but he um, did take that kind of role. Yeah. Okay. Well, going back to the movie. Yeah. Um, 
So the early the, on, the early sequence I thought was fantastic. The action with the crossbones. Yeah. That I don't was know, just I don't like, know we jumped right that, in. You caught it though. Like there was a little bit of that weird kind of camera aspect. Yeah, everybody thing. talks about that. It yeah, was um, like, it was the weird it, way they cut that scene. Everyone's kind of making a big. I didn't really care. I didn't really care. Um, I I felt like it was it kind of made it more of an action movie to me. Yeah. That's because you see that kind of thing in like the Bourne movies. Absolutely. And like, you know, you, I saw it in John Wick maybe, um, but you know, it, to me it didn't, I, I didn't care. But you immediately see it the first frame that you see Scarlet Witch's hands mm-hmm. after the flashback scene. You like immediately see it and I was like, whoa. Yeah. Okay. But yeah, so it kind of caught me off guard, but other than Not that, really. like it, it just, you know, it, it didn't matter to I me. I didn't even actually catch it the first time. It was when I heard it reviewed the second time. And, and you were like, like oh, oh yeah, that doesn't make yeah. sense. But, but I dug that they were working together. It was Falcon. Yeah. He had Red Wing. And you had Scarlet Witch using her powers and throwing Captain America through a window. Yeah. <laughs> you had just, it, the team was working on all cylinders. And Black Widow was in there doing her thing. And Definitely. and uh, man, the, the, the way they, the choreography of her fighting is still something yeah. I really enjoy. She's just... Flipping up on people's necks and twisting them around with all of her body weight. You know, you know, it's you just know, cool. You know what's crazy though, and I feel like nobody really notices this, but that's how Mystique fights. <laughs> yeah, very similar. And that, nobody is it the notices same that. Woman? Is it the same Maybe it is, woman? but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> like nobody appreciates how oh, Mystique, Mystique didn't fights. fight like that in this. We Not, didn't get. Well, we didn't get a lot of Mystique fighting. Yeah, in did this she one. punch anyone? I don't think no. She punched anyone. I, I feel like there wasn't a lot of lack of punching. You know, me. I feel like there wasn't a lot of Jennifer Lawrence, but we're off topic. Yeah. Um, uh, um, <laughs> but yeah, but just saying, like that's how Mystique fights. Nobody gives Mystique any credit for fighting like that. But uh, um, yeah, the the opening action sequence just sets the pace, yes. man. Um, sets the pace, and you just keep going, man. But there's a little bit of there's some steady yeah there's some steady moments, and it was just the perfect amount of of fast. To slow it down, to fast to though. slow it down, <laughs> and you know, and you get that, you get that flavor of of just a good, well paced kind of movie because, you know, I, to me, I didn't want it to be completely action packed. I no. wanted to get the story, no, and the, you, I wanted and to get the quickly, Civil War story. They quickly slowed down at that moment, and and so so well done. I mean, th- that action scene and opening sequence was like. Were reminiscent in a way of Age of Ultron. They started yeah, out yeah. there together. The team's kicking butt. There wasn't yeah. any freeze scene where they're all standing yeah, side by side. Splash page <laughs> cheesiness. <laughs> right, yeah. but but it was like all cylinders happening, action fast. And then, then the movie got heavy. Yes, and then it. it then got, you were like, there was some oh, dreadful yeah. moments. It was, and you were it like, was, it was gr- it was a little bit like oh, like yeah, they they did murder a lot of people, uh, you know, a lot of murder death kills throughout the places the Avengers were and oh my gosh they're yeah. they're just like adding up this body count that scene right there just hits home and you're like yeah, and then blip, 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 blip. what Carter's dead you know yeah. you're like and you're like what Sharon Carter yeah. gone you're like oh okay funeral yeah. scene it was heavy it was intense it was like man we went from this tribunal of the government pointing fingers and saying like you guys need to be regulated and that's enough you guys are what it, what was Stark's words? We need to. Uh, oh, oh, we need to be put in check. We need to be put and, in and check. And I, you know, okay. It was heavy. Going going into the scene. going into this movie, I was Team Stark because it had Spider Man on this team. I was Team that Cap. Was, that was to me the reason why I was on Team Stark, and I thought I'd be Team Cap watching it. I was still Team Stark. And most people actually changed their to, opinion to of team, that to Team Cap. Yeah. Most See, people. I didn't. I still think that 
there needed to be some sort of regulation. Well, uh, let's go into why, though. Tell me the reason why you didn't because, change and you stayed Team Cap. Well, okay. Or, or I, I feel... Sorry. Yeah, team, <laughs> get it right, buddy. Um, <laughs> no, but I felt like um, there wasn't enough, I guess, control. You know, the, the, no, I, mean, I remember the reason you told me you stayed Team Ironman. Oh, You're right Bucky? about the, the second was the control. Uh, You're right, though. But the first one was you said Bucky wasn't worth it. He wasn't worth it. I felt <laughs> like he wasn't worth it. Um, I felt like because of the the situation that was going on around the Avengers, that personal relationships needed to be put aside. Like, you, you want to keep know. the team together. And that, that you, you could see Black Widow had more. And Black Widow and Tony had more of a, of a feeling like, we're breaking up the Avengers. You know what I mean? We don't want that to happen. Like, they're our last line of defense. They're our, our you know, our freaking... Our, our, what's it called? Our all-star team. Right. You know what I mean? They're, they're it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, to me, I felt like Bucky just... It wasn't worth it. And Cap risked everything for freaking Bucky. And I just, you know, I, I know the relationship, well, and, it, and you, you even kind of broke it down a little bit, and I mm-hmm. understood, but I just still felt like like Cap should have realized that there was a bigger thing going on here, and that something needed to be handled to the point where something needed to be changed, man. Yeah, you and, believed ultimately when Tony said they had to be put in check. Like, the, the murder count was yes, enough to be all... The, the, death, the, death, the death rate's really high, man. Yeah. And I mean... But yes, you think about the global scale of what they prevented. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. That, that, that's that one thing I... one of my arguments. Yeah, that was one thing I understood completely. Like, yes. yes, they needed to be there. If they weren't there, there would have been a lot more deaths. But... Um, but I, I, that makes a good point as well. Yeah. That if uh, they... That if they're if they're tribunalized and there's 150 people that have to make a decision upon something, what if they need to go somewhere where this tribunal doesn't believe they need to go? It's ultimately the this group of people that that are ultimately okay. deciding when yeah. sometimes the decision of the you know of a massive group of people could take longer, yeah. may not be the right decision because well, there's politics involved. He makes that sort of in a short version. Yeah. That point, and that's why that's why I stayed Team Cap for me. Yeah. And I believed on the opposite of the end of you uh, that Bucky was worth it. It was his only piece of family. His entire past is dead. Everyone gone, dead, killed. Yeah. Well, and he was all that remained, and he was brainwashed yeah. into everything that he did. See, I, I, I am still Team Stark because <laughs> of the control. But you know, I, I teeter, I teeter, and. And it's it's I don't really know like I but love... did it did it um did it and I mean you didn't ultimately change teams no but weren't I'm there still... moments weren't there moments though where you're there like, was still mm-hmm. there was a moment that I thought okay it was like well what the hell like okay uh, when Tony Stark is runs into that lady who tells him oh my son was in Sokovia that wasn't his fault yeah. I mean well if you That's bring right. it back to the you know back he created Ultron but right. at the same time <laughs> at the same time it's like well, he didn't kill your son, like Ultron did. But he did create. Ultron. But he did create Ultron. So, um, if you, if, if I saw a meme. If I, saw, I create a vacuum cleaner that that <laughs> that is in this house, and you touch it and it electrifies you, and, and you die, you blame the vacuum cleaner. <laughs> but you blame you. So, yeah, exactly. I don't know. So Tony Stark is. But uh, yeah, kind of the, but I just felt old. like I felt like okay, like calm down. Like it wasn't completely his fault. He tried to save people. You know what I mean? But going back to that, like, 
Yeah, like they need to be put in. They need to be have some sort of control. And my solution, <laughs> if I was a filmmaker going forward with this, and this it would com- also wouldn't be much of a movie. Exactly, too, all like- this is completely subjective. <laughs> it, uh, you know, you could disagree with me, and I would completely understand. Is that um. <laughs> they really need Nick Fury, man. <laughs> um, it, it's like it's like I think I don't know who said it, but it's like this movie was Nick Fury being a parent is gone, and they just let <laughs> the all kids the kids loose. Yeah, yeah, and so all the kids went crazy and tore up the and house. And then there was no God yeah. slash Thor involved. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> who was you know? Oh man. Okay. But yeah, I, I guess Hulk was fine. He wasn't in it. That's yeah, okay. thank God. <laughs> we didn't need Hulk. Yeah, no, he would have <laughs> tore it up. Yeah, all the all the characters that were in this, you definitely felt that there was a mortality issue. Like they all could die. None of them are really that super. They don't. Yeah. They they could all get killed. You killed. felt the drama of this kilt, and yeah. they, it just had stakes, and it was set in a, yeah. in a realistic kind of situation and that whole body count scene and a funeral involved yeah. and and when Black Panther's father they had like the sweetest shortest Little amazing love moment <laughs> it's, that they ever packed into one scene <laughs> it's almost like we didn't need to know their relationship but we knew it was their relationship yeah, and we loved them for it like it was two just seconds, like yeah and then we're all oh I mean he just yeah. died eight seconds <laughs> but were you with me though like were you like oh he's dead Right oh, when he yeah. said, like, oh, thank you. Well, I'm like, oh, there you, you go. You know, that's the part of knowing the comic as well. <laughs> well, like, not even just that, though. Like, it's, I just... I, because, no, because my Black movie Panther, brain, I was he's like, He's not oh. the king. He's not the yeah, king until true, his true, father's true. gone. And the, but, it's in the comic. In my in my movie brain, like, when I oh. watch movies, I could somehow call stuff before, when, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? I'm talking about. Because it's a love moment. Exactly. He's like, he, like, gives him a hug. and goes, He goes, like, thank you. I love you. And you're like, oh, he's dead. You start the click five, four. Three boom, boom. explosion uh-huh. dead. Yeah, yeah, that's tough, right? I mean, yeah. we just uh, we see a lot of movies, so it's sometimes <laughs> easy. To, sometimes you anticipate Us more things. than other people, I right? You say, feel the yeah. disturbance, and you know when it's coming. You ever run into people where, where you, you're like, "Oh, did you see this movie? No. Have you seen this movie? No. Have you seen yeah. this movie? No. I don't like those people." I'm yeah, his sorry. name is Rigo, by the way. <laughs> Rigo, Rigo, if you're listening, I know you do listen. Watch some movies, dude. I'm not God. saying you guys are bad people, but like, it's such a big part of my life. So it's like, when I run into people that don't really care, it's like, <gasps> like yeah. go watch movies now. Like you them. don't understand, right? You know, uh, but... that's what the, when people use the analogy of like 31 flavors. You know, there's not only just one flavor in life. Most mm-hmm. people that don't go see movies. They're not going to 31 flavors at all. They're, they're not getting walking like, in. They're getting like two flavors. No, they're not even getting any flavors. <laughs> yeah, they go, oh, there's 31 flavors. I'm going to keep walking. They can't even use that. Yeah, it's like, it's you know like, like when you run into people like that, you're like, oh, did you see that one movie where the, this thing happened? Like comparing it to something. It's a and language. All, no, and then you're like, ah, well, then I can't explain this yeah, to you. I can't really talk yeah. to you now. <laughs> it's, it's like a language. Yeah. But, but uh, anyway, we did it. Was completely but, uh, off track. Sorry, that was just something that bugged me. Um, but but going back, we Black, were right around Black Panther. Black okay. Panther in this movie, Black Panther was phenomenal. He he, the way he ran, the way he jumped, the way he fought, his claws, his suit, everything was just like woo! Like I was excited. Yeah, yeah. Like oh. the suit was amazing. I I, I had an article uh, that I read as a, a feel good factoid freebie, I think, in the last couple of issues. Where the guy that created the Black Panther suit and a ton of suits in the Marvel Universe and the DC Universe, he's designing the SpaceX astronaut suits now. What? 
So we're gonna actually see some, <laughs> some badass, like space awesome spacesuits. I can't wait. So if you want to hear the article or just follow us on yeah. social media, but uh, that, I mean, it looked amazing, right? Like, oh man, straight down to the when the bullets hit it and the way his just, nails oh, came out, you're thinking yeah. like, well, it's kind of like Wolverine or Sabretooth. No, no, it's like it it's like, like a this. click, like a yeah, like it, it looks like, like it actually loaded. comes out of him, like it's like a like it's like oh man, it's it's really cool. It was just so but, um, well done. Even even and every I, moment he, he hit the ground, yeah, it was, it was like, silent, just quiet. And then did you hear like the like the flute? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, of course, that little uh, little African. Yeah, exactly. Whatever that note is. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like <laughs> it was almost like a little much. Uh, <laughs> I thought it was awesome. It was. He was good. like hello. <laughs> <laughs> and then it was like like you expect like a like a tiger to run by really quick, <laughs> yeah. or if they would have played a, a a panther noise. <laughs> <laughs> and then. Yeah. Oh my god. Like, yeah. But it was hilarious. But I liked it. I, it was. <laughs> I it just think. added so much flavor for me. Like I, I loved it. It was funny. Uh, it wasn't funny. It was. It was. I thought it was awesome. But you know, to me, I don't know a lot about Black Panther, and I. I don't know if you do. Mm-hmm. You've ne- we've never really talked about Black Panther again. Um, another character with not a ton of content, maybe in the modern era. Um, yeah. In the in the older era, yes, there was a ton. Uh, the priest, uh, Christopher Priest, run <laughs> on Black Panther. I mean, out of this world. I read smidges of it, but as of the modern era, and I'm glad I'm reading the current one. Although they have like a Pulitzer Prize winning writer, this yeah, uh, guy Tanisi Coates, yeah. and uh, he's smart, much smarter than me. Yeah. And it's it's <laughs> tough to wrap <laughs> it's tough to wrap your head around that. You yeah. should try to read it. Yeah. But it's heavy, okay. and he, he he goes deep into Black Panther lore. So if you don't know it, you feel a little lost. Yeah. And there are characters that are deep in the lore of Black Panther, and you're like, I don't know who that is and who this is, mm-hmm. and but um, I'm sticking with it because yeah. it's that right because it's Anisi <laughs> Coates. If I'm saying his name wrong, I'm sorry. I think you're saying it right, but uh, yeah. um, I just thought it was funny that I was talking earlier about um, you know, Malcolm X. And then this yeah. character's name is Black Professor Panther. Professor X. Prof- oh! It's the opposite. <laughs> dun, dun. <laughs> he just broke it down. Fourth uh, wall. Uh, it was oh, fourth man. wall within a fourth wall. Okay. It's like 16 walls. <laughs> um, so, oh, goodness. ah, man, the rating for this movie is it's so high. Like, it's an A. Yeah. It's, it's, you know what's an underrated uh, action scene for me that I think uh, might be better than the airport scene? No, I don't know. I can't say that. No, there's but nothing that, better than that, that scene. That, that chase scene. Oh, they're yeah, chasing him the awesome. first time. They're going the, under the under that the, the tunnel awesome. or whatever they're in, and you notice there's their run speed there. Yeah, like they're passing cars. They're running like sixty miles an hour. <laughs> like they're running really fast. Right, and yeah. then when 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 that Winter Soldier has that that motorcycle coming at him, and he goes and just sort whoop, of one yeah, hand grabs, yeah, like, and then swings and on it, and then goes the other way. Oh, that was ridiculous. That was awesome. And the wheel never stops. Like yeah. he does that, and the wheel just keeps going, and he. Choop, and takes off. And how Cap oh. was in that car and it started and st- rolling and, he, and then he just, he just jumps out, out and he's running full he's like, speed. Oh, looking behind himself like, oh. If he would have tripped, off. he's dead. You think it it was... all looked so real in yeah, that scene, right? It didn't look like it's a dead. massive green screen effect with a bunch of fake effects. Yeah. It looked like all the car effects yeah. were like real cars blown up. Yeah, Russo Brothers, mad props, man. Yeah. Mad props. I they direct wait. action so well. Yeah, and uh, I heard they, they brought in uh, the guys that did uh, John Wick as consultants. Yeah, oh, or, that's as smart. To do, like, yeah. I don't know if you heard about that, but yeah, they, helped, they brought him in it to makes help. Makes perfect sense, though. Um, but yeah, the action. Yeah. Best action in, the, in so far in Absolutely. the Marvel Cinematic Universe. Maybe some of the best action in comic book movies so far because mm. man 
They Maybe. they really it's just the airport scene alone and the yeah. last scene. You know, you, you look at the, just the fighting style, the way the camera angles are. You know, you see everything. It's yeah. not like you're missing anything. I feel like you just see every punch, every yeah. move, every dodge, every block. You, you see it, and it impacts you. You're just like, oh, yes. like it, like John Wick did, man. When you Absolutely. watch when you watch the scene, nothing John is Wick. too blurry. Everything mm-hmm. is seen clearly and pulled away sometimes. Whereas mm-hmm. some of the action gets really close. You can't see what's happening. I call it the the born identity, the born yeah. movie shaky effect, cam, shaky, shaky cam, cam close up scenes, things moving too fast, yeah. cameras spinning around. This is the very much the opposite of all yeah. that, folks. And uh, <laughs> going back to you know Spider Man, Spider Man's action was the best. I can't, you know. I think I mean I I do put Spidey up there. Maybe I was a little bit mad still that he was spoiled, but I was loving every second of him. Um, but maybe a tie for me was Ant Man. Yeah. <laughs> it might be a tie. Yeah. <laughs> because oh, I, man. I so, so loved the Ant-Man movie. I watched it prior to going see, into this. See, I, I told you, I told you, um, this is number one. Ant-Man's like number three for me, man. Like, <sighs> it's like, it's it's really high up there in terms of... Oh, I gotta of put Ant-Man in Guardians of the Galaxy, Galaxy, too. Yeah. But I, I'm just, you know, yeah, Ant-Man was, was phenomenal. Um, Paul Rudd, it just hits it on so many levels, <laughs> oh, man. Oh, gosh. The Freaking comedy awesome. level, the sort of intensity of, uh... That just that excitement when you see his yeah. eyes. Yeah. Oh, oh God. yeah. Goodness. Woo! He's yeah. Like, <laughs> he's, he's, oh, oh, yeah. You know, um, like, or just, what was that that backwards thing that he said to Captain America? Too? Oh, thanks for thinking of me. Thanks for thinking yeah. of me. And no, you know a lot of super people. You know what? When I saw that, uh, that you didn't scene, catch it. I caught it. And I was laughing. Me hard, too. Nobody, but nobody else caught it. Caught it nobody theater. else caught it. Thank God, I'm not alone. It oh. was just a little blub. And nobody, like, nobody caught it but me. I was the laughed. only one I laughing laughed. in the theater. We didn't see it together the first no, time. No, we didn't. And we, haven't, I we haven't seen it together at all, actually. I theater. laughed out loud. Oh <sighs> yeah, there were so many. I laughed and I cheered. I was yes. the only person to cheer when Queens came up. I, I started clapping. I don't think anybody really knew, but me in the theater, I was like, <gasps> first time everyone no. was cheering. Then it was like, okay, yes, we know. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's so <laughs> obvious. I mean, you know, how many... Well, in Marvel, there's a lot of superheroes in New York for some reason. Yeah, but um, I, I just... I When Queens came up there, man, I just... My heart dropped. And I just, like, I cheered. I full on... I was the only person that was like, yeah! I clapping. And everybody was like, what? Like, I, I felt... I was kind of embarrassed. But, you know, it's like... like it's Spider-Man, guys. I remember like, not hearing the first maybe 30 seconds of his dialogue. People were, like, clapping. Yeah. People were all See, excited. it was the total opposite I was like, for what, me, what man. was he saying? I can't, I can't yeah, hear. nobody... I felt like um, the, the movie-going movie uh, crowd that I well, went to... you saw this on a premiere? I saw it midnight Was it a premiere. bunch of, like, of, of English, like, jockeys that were there that I don't day? know, like, man. Good. That was an excellent yeah. scene. I honestly, like, it was one, was of the, <laughs> one of the weirdest movie-going experiences that I've Weird. experienced. Because Deadpool... Were cheering? People were cheering for Deadpool, but not this one. There weren't a lot of... I was the only one that was like, oh, like... Like really pumped to see this movie. I was I was clapping. I was the only one cheering. I was I felt like I was the only one. Maybe there were more people, but um, I felt like I was the only one that was really like into it. Like 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 how most people are for these kind of movies. And I I, I don't know. I could be wrong. Maybe I'm just remembering it wrong. But but I, I just I don't remember a lot of people cheering in my wow. theater. I had the opposite experience of the the. Thursday we saw it that Thursday night it was they were over cheering they were well, cheering for everything again I saw like the last showing I oh, saw it at saw like 11.30 we saw 7 o'clock yeah, so you got Thursday. the prime time it was prime you got all the hardcore fans that wanted to go to sleep later on I got all the fans <laughs> that were like alright we'll go see it 
Oh, yeah. man, it was intense. But I guess, I mean, that's uh, what else can we say about it? It was just, it was amazing. It was two fantastic <laughs> movies back to back. Did we review this before? I'm having a lot of deja vu right now. I don't know. Or did we just talk about this kind of we stuff? We just talked about it. Yeah, because I'm I having a lot it. of deja vu. Like, <laughs> it's weird. Um, but but yeah, just it's such a such a good movie. Again, see it before it gets out of theaters. Yeah. Because everyone that I've seen it that I've talked to about it, they're like, oh, I'll just wait. Like no, no, like, go don't see wait. it in theaters. It's such a well put together movie, and again, a giant ensemble of how many people with superheroes in oh, one man. movie? There was it's five insane. on each team, I think. Yeah. Yeah. And the Vision wearing a sweater. I mean, <laughs> it yeah. was just. <laughs> okay, what's your what's your rating? Oh, this was five of a five. Five of five, for I, sure. Five of five. I agree. You know, and that's, all the way. I'm usually the negative one here, but yeah, I give it a five out of five, man. It's Solid. Sunspots. Like I, I can't wait spots. to see it again. I can't wait to own it on Blu-ray. Uh, it's inspired me to buy other comics that I probably yeah. wouldn't have. Black Panther, for uh, Black Panther, uh, Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> I might have even passed on that. I mean, who yeah. knows? They changed his outfit. They gave him the old. I like the shield old style I like the shield. shield. It and it has cool. like. Has like where it's laser fight at the bottom, where it's like half lightsaber at the bottom of it, <laughs> <laughs> and it's all blue. And I don't, you like that all blue kind of look. Yeah, and... I, love, I love the stealth suit, man. But, but uh, yeah, so five out of five sunspots from both of us. That's an yes. official review that's from ten, both of us, that's man. Ten sunspots. Um, again, I have I have <laughs> this down on my blog. I have a full review. Yes, spoiler fight. Uh, please go look at it. I, I, I've been really kind of pushing it to people lately. Like I want people to read it. Cause uh, you know it's well, it's, good. it's going no down in history, man. I, I want this to be uh, seen later on in life, and you know I'm I'm trying to be a writer and yes. stuff. So I That's all I'm hoping practice. I'm hoping that this is something that people would actually like. Oh hey man, I read your blog. Like so I'm really trying to push it. Um, so yeah, blog.sunspots.com. Uh, Sunspots Comics, sorry. Blog.sunspotscomics.com. Yes. Uh, check out thanks my blog, again, please. Thanks again for doing it. It's uh, it's great. It's neat to look at your pieces when they come and. And uh, check them out and read them before anyone else. Then I get excited and I like stick it on there and like, and I'll always share <laughs> well, on the te- social media. Technically, so it's if cool. we're looking at this as a job, you dude, you're my boss. <laughs> so just don't fire me. <laughs> right, no problem. You you will continue employment because you work really cheap. <laughs> I mean, for free. Really cheap. Damn it. Yeah, you don't even give me comic books or anything. Like, come on. I mean that's dirt cheap. Where can you find that? I mean, oh, like, but yeah, yeah. Uh, I, I definitely this is kind of an announcement. I want to put more effort into it. I want to put more content out. I want to be on the podcast a little bit more. Hopefully, yeah. you let me do that. Um, Thanks for coming again yeah. on the anniversary issue. Yeah, crazy. happy one year, man. It's it's crazy. How you know, far it went by it went by so fast that I thought it was the twenty seventh, and Patsy was like, "No, it's the 13th. Like she had the date down. Wow. So like I think I even had it wrong. So wow. yeah, well. <laughs> So it was May for sure. <laughs> well, definitely it was May I, of twenty fifteen. I remember when you were like, "I'm gonna do a podcast," I, you know, and all this stuff, and and um, I'm so glad that it's been a year, man. Hopefully, I mean, you've been making steps in the right direction lately, and uh, yeah. I don't know if you've revealed all that. Maybe you should reveal that in another episode. Yeah, uh, you um, know. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, you follow us on uh, Instagram, Twitter, and yeah, Facebook. Yeah. You see stuff like that. Um, and, but it's always growing. The numbers are getting better. More people are listening. More people are writing in. More people are looking at your blog. Yeah. And it's just a little, a little bit every day. And all I'm trying to do is like spread positivity for all yeah. things comic book related, and well, uh, and bring my love to it, and not just. Like stay in the in the realm of the negative all the time. Just mostly focus on the positive, and and there's so much positive. It makes it easy for yeah. me. Right, right into us. I would like to hear what people think of us. Uh, I mean, it is it has been one year, and what we went from zero followers to I don't know how many followers. 
Um, Brazilians, but right, right, in, right into us. I, I mean, I want to get an email set up. I'll have to go through you you with, with that. But uh, I want to get an email set up for you guys to talk to me. I want to see what you guys think, and I want to see, you know, uh, I want to be on the podcast more, like I said. So hopefully, you know, whatever. But write into my dad, ask him questions, not just about comic books, but about everything. About, about movies, life. about yeah. <laughs> Ask him for psychological help, please. Yes. Um, no, but uh, write it. You know, write it. Anything nerdy that you want us to talk about, anything nerdy that you guys are interested in, let us know. We'll talk about it. Um, yeah, thanks. You know, it, it, this is a forum that I've always enjoyed. I listen to podcasts nonstop, and I'm so happy that I can say that you know, my dad has a podcast, and I've been on a bunch of them, and you know, and, and hopefully this moves forward. Going, going. Yeah. This is. A milestone, you know, that's Absolutely. how I see it. One Thanks. year is a milestone. Thanks. And 50, for many more to 57, go. 57, 56. Yeah. yeah that's crazy. Yeah, there were a couple of weeks here and there that we missed, you know, whatever. Yeah. But, but you, yeah. were, you were a big part of it. Thanks. Like, you definitely uh, helped inspire me to keep it going. And, you know, I see that you're proud of it and you're happy about it. And you listen to the podcast yeah. and comment on Which it. Which is weird. You give me tips. You give me pointers. You, you know, you've, you've really been involved. And I really appreciate that. Thank well, you. Well, yeah. I mean, I'm, I, you know, I've, I've always wanted to be involved in this. And, and uh, it's definitely a medium that I've enjoyed since I've discovered it. You yeah. Know? And so uh, I'm glad that you did this, and I'm glad that you're writing your own comic. And you know, congrats. Thanks. And you know, let's let's keep this going. You know what I mean? Like zombie destroyers. Yeah. Z- of course. <laughs> so many plugs this episode. Oh my gosh. Uh, We're plugging ourselves. Yeah. But um, yeah. You, you know, like I would like to see more involvement from from fans. I you know like I want to you know I want to get this going. Yeah. I want to really push forward for this. So. More to come, guys. And, and this is not coming from someone who's on all the time. You know what I mean? <laughs> Take it from him. You know, go for it. Yes, please. Um, check check us out. Uh, email me at chris at sunspotscomics.com. And, of course, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at sunspotscomics. No one, no one is more dedicated at this than my dad. So. Yeah, I love He's it. very consistent, and this is something he loves to do. So yes. keep, keep looking forward to more content. We'll yes. be out here doing nerd stuff all the time. And, uh, yeah. Have you watched yeah, Preacher yet? I did watch Preacher. Right, maybe next we'll talk about yeah, that. We should talk and then about August. Preacher. We have Suicide Squad. Oh boy, man! Yes. There's I, I I don't know if I'm. Have you watching <laughs> Fear the Walking Dead? Yeah. All right, so see, we got some other yeah, stuff. We got, we got some more stuff on. to talk. I'll I'll be back very for soon. Sure. Definitely. Absolutely. But thank so you. I really thank you for this, and I've been wanting to sit down with you and review these two movies. So there you go. We couldn't say anything more positive about these two movies. Go see them. You'll enjoy them. They're a ton of fun. Definitely. Yes. Definitely. Summer blockbusters out of... Uh, oh, my goodness. Yeah, definitely. So, so yeah, thank stuff. you. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Yeah, and thanks for being on again, bud. There you go. There you have it, folks. See you later. Bye. See you later. Bye. What a blast of nerdy goodness it is to hang out with my 19-year-old son and talk about comic book movies. Thank you, Justin. Had a blast. Let's do that more often. And please check out his blog at blog.sunspotscomics.com. He just did that piece on Captain America 3. It was fantastic. I read it twice. So check out his blog. Also, I'm writing a comic book. It's called Zombie Destroyers with a friend of mine, Jordan Hudson, on art, which his art is gorgeous, gritty, realistic. And he's just pulling this stuff right out of my brain and uh, making it better, which is amazing. Check him out on Instagram at Jordan underscore Hudson underscore art. And please check out Zombie Destroyers from time to time. I actually just posted page four on all the social media, and I'll be loading up uh, page four for Zombie Destroyers here very uh, soon. So check out ZombieDestroyers.com from time to time. And I just picked up pages seven and eight, which were amazing. Thank you so much. Got to hang out with Jordan out in Glendale 
and his lovely wife Alexia and my wife Patsy and just had this fantastic time just double date and it was just a fun we saw X-Men Apocalypse and had some great had a great dinner and just they're wonderful people and check out both of their arts even uh, Alexia has, is a fantastic artist and she's on Instagram too at Alexia underscore Hudson underscore art so there you go please check out zombie destroyers from time to time and let's jump right into issue number 56 of our podcast so sunspots comics podcast listeners away up up and away we go so right off the bat i have just one news article and i always share these of course on all the social media this week it was just one comic book feel good factoid freebie and what is that that is where i just kind of highlight articles or something a little different because everyone talks about uh, the, the main popular things on all of the internet. I like to find those little diamonds in the rough that make my nerd heart warm. And this one is from MontgomeryNews.com. And the article is titled, Comics in the Classroom. How a one Wissachickon teacher, that's a city, Wissachickon, uh, uses comic books to connect with his students. I thought this is very cool. Um, he's been, he had a blog and since 2013, he has started implementing into his AP class comic books because he keeps seeing these statistics of where, uh, kids at home, their the amount of reading that they're doing at home is just dwindling at the amount of reading they do for pleasure. And it helps with so many areas from reading comprehension to math skills, to just being a, a, a well-rounded human being, uh, to have a diverse uh, form of media, not just television and Netflix and streaming, you know, from movies to comic books to reading to novels. So it's just his way to kind of introduce another form of fantastic form of entertainment media to kids. And he's having some, he's seeing grades improve. He's seeing them, uh, some of them go into comics and continue on reading comics. And he loves it. He's a big comic book nerd at heart. So he's just spreading the word and sharing his love of comic books. And it's having a positive impact on his students. So I, I, I just love this article and it really made me uh, feel warm and fuzzy that uh, there are, uh, are a ton of other people out there that are trying to spread the love of comics. And this particular teacher is, uh, is, uh, has implemented it into his AP class. So very, very cool. He feels there is even comics that actually have like March, the comic book March that has some historical importance and, and even just things of all genres in comics, not just superheroes. He sort of crosses a lot of genres and... He uh, sees the importance of all the movies and the, and the entertainment value of all the movies, but he's embracing a diverse overall picture of comics and really trying to to spread the word of comic books. So fantastic. I have to give props to the teacher. His name is Tim Smythe of Wissachickon High School. So thank you so much for everything you've done, Tim. Keep spreading the joy and love of comic books. I, I for one, appreciate it. So I'll share this article, of course on all social media, so that is my one comic book feel-good factoid freebie for the week. So, with that out of the way, let's get into the fav- my favorite part of the, com- of the Sunspots comic book podcast, which is my review and recommendation of comic books. This is where I pick my favorites, I read a ton, I actually, uh, this is for new comic book week, May 25th, oh and before I forget of course, spoiler alert, I don't give away everything, but I do give away some key key points of comics, but I ultimately am trying to inspire you, trying to get you to go to your local comic book shop and buy these on paper. So, uh, if you want to see everything I've, I've listed on every comic book I've uh, read since May of 2015 and every favorite I've picked since May of 2015, just go to my website. Just go to sunspotscomics.com, click on pull list, and click, click on top comic books of the week, and you'll see everything I've listed as favorites and everything my gigantic pull list of over a hundred plus comics that I read 
And oh, and I like to also highlight this week the my favorite art winner and my favorite cover winner. This week, the, my favorite art winner was Trad Moore. He is uh, doing the art on Legacy of Luther Strode, and it is amazing. I would say by far the best fight scenes <laughs> because there's so many of them that I can remember in a long period of time. They're brutal and they're vicious and they're two-page splashy and they're fantastic to look at. I looked at him over and over and over again. He's the only comic I really did that uh, to this week, so that's why he is definitely the art winner. Trad Moore, thank you so much for your beautiful ability. And the, the art cover winner actually goes to Daredevil number 7 artist, Matteo Bafagni. And it's just so iconic. It has Daredevil holding Elektra in, holding in, her, in his arms. And it's a sort of sweet moment, but iconic with, with Hell's Kitchen in the background. And it's just the contrast of black and red. And it's just gorgeous. Something I could see blown up and hung on my, on, in my office. It's just gorgeous. So thank you for your fantastic cover this week. Matteo Bafagni of Daredevil number 7. Now, uh, this week about 18 comics and 10 of them made my favorite pick list, which is fantastic. That's solidly over 50% which I prefer to always be over 50%. So that was good stuff. And also, number ones this week, there were three, but two of them were kind of number ones with Preacher, which came out in 1990, but it wasn't number one for me. Captain America, number one, which they've done a ton of those with Marvel continuity, so it's sort of a number one. I guess the only true number one this week was DC's uh, Universe uh, Rebirth, which uh, did not make it to the top picks of the week. It was good. It was okay, just not for me. But there's the new number ones, and uh, here we go. So this, let's break it down and talk about the uh, all the comics, the top ten comics, my favorites. My they were great. Go get these immediately at your local comic book shop. This is for New Comic Book Day, May 25th. So coming in at number ten was Preacher. Preacher number one. Can't believe this came out March 31st of 1995. I mean, to take a glimpse into the past, then. I was in college, I was working at the Los Angeles Times newspaper with dreams of like being a photojournalist and what a crazy time. I can see why this comic book is groundbreaking, why, I mean, they're, it's, it's adult in its content, it's adult in its language, it's this heavy, heavy character development based comic book. I can see why it was just a absolute groundbreaker of its time. I mean, since the growth of Image and Dark Horse and Boom and IDW and a lot of these other small independent publishers doing a lot of creator-owned projects. We've seen a lot more like this, but this was this is the father of it, honestly, of that independent feel, that adult-natured comic, of that dialogue that's complex and adult. I would definitely say it's one of those innovators. So it was interesting in that regard just to read that. I could I could sense it. And it it is actually timeless. I would say that it doesn't really feel like it's dated or, man, this is something of the 90s. Um, which, in that era of comics, there were some rough patches there. It was a rough era in the mid-90s. So, I did pass on this because at the time I think I was just a little more superhero-centric. I just want a little more good time there. And this was this was heavy. <laughs> so, this develops, uh, and of course, you know, it, I know it's strange to review a a comic that's came out in 1995 but what I thought of it what grabbed me emotionally was the character development here and the sort of rated R nature of their dialogue and the casualness of like how adults talk <laughs> and I, I like that he really yeah by the way Garth Ennis of course on writing and Steve Dillon on art and it just had this very realistic sensibility about it and I enjoyed that it was very gritty very true to time and it's the story of, of this particular comic covers like the main introduction to the primary three characters, 
which is the priest Cassidy, the uh, the girl Tulip, and uh, the um, the preacher. Maybe I have them uh, wrong there, but yeah, Cassidy is the the other sort of interesting character. But they're sitting in a diner, sort of talking about how they just met, like not too long ago, which is kind of strange. And I I can see here that they've they haven't been friends very long, but they already have kind of a complex relationship. <laughs> you're, you're wondering what's going on here and why the three of them are together. And what's the glue that's keeping them together? Well, they, sh- they, sh- they quickly sort of unravel that. And there's something very biblically interesting and strange. And it's a story of angels and demons. And as they're sitting there reminiscing and the preacher actually talks about a time when he was in this city and he was smashing the back of a head with a pool cue and they flash forward in time and then they boom they go up into heaven which looks like a satellite in this pink clouded space so interesting little take and there's these strange sort of you think angels or employees of angels <laughs> that are talking about something that has escaped called genesis and you see that the uh, the boss angel who is a doesn't look like you're what you'd consider a, an angel as a as a the, you know the wings and beautiful and gorgeous and happy-faced and just enlightened no he's like a like a kick-ass angel <laughs> he's carrying the body of his brother with that's been that's has no head and you're like okay this so quickly just goes right into the into the eighth cylinder <laughs> and jumps into this just running full speed you're like wow what is going on and it was a a lot to sort of absorb it was different than what i was expecting and i haven't been the biggest fan of these biblical type of tales or demons and exorcisms, etc. You know, like Outcast and Constantine that come right to mind. But this was interesting enough with this character development for me to keep going. So I, I may start looking into the nine trade collections, graphic novels that they put together, or maybe a giant omnibus of Preacher. So I'm going to definitely check it out. It's worth looking into. And like I said, I'm going to, now that I've finished this issue number one, I will now finish the TV show issue number one and go into that. So there you go. There's my number 10. Check out Preacher if you haven't already read it. It definitely looks interesting. And coming in at number 9 is Aliens Defiance, number 2. And I tell you, this was this was very this kind of scary. It had that, that Alien 1 feel to it. It was very immersive. The art, I have to, I have to give props to the team here. The uh, Brian Wood on, on the writing and the art by Tristan Jones. Very gritty, very realistic. A lot of very realistic facial views and eye stares and so it really immerses you here and the way he sort of draws your eye into a lot of darkness around certain panels and then sort of light and clarity in the center of the panel it does this it has this immersive effect and i really dig that so i I definitely recommend aliens defiance and this is an interesting character development as well with this main woman that it's focused around and hendrix is her name where she is a damaged sort of war veteran um, with back problems and she is uh, on this mission to travel throughout space and find these other outposts that have aliens in them and destroy the aliens and she's with a marines group of synthetics so she's the only human so that adds an interesting kind of premise there and you're not really sure if these synthetic humans are like following their programming per se they all seem to be AWOL and not following orders and part of that goes with you're not really sure if they care for her <laughs> like if she's injured or in this case they're fighting an alien which may be a queen looks a little different than the alien structure of say a normal hive member alien like it might be a young queen maybe not really sure 
but has a little different structure to this alien and they're fighting it and acid's pouring on her of course and it's like the synthetics don't really jump in and take care of her like seem like they care very much so that's an interesting premise she's out traveling the, the galaxy trying to kill aliens with this marine based group of synthetics that I don't really know if they worry so much about keeping her alive <laughs> so definitely check it out it's, it's great action it has that alien 1 and aliens 2 kind of premise combined in the two if you will because they're locked they're loaded it's action-packed with them trying to destroy aliens and yeah there's explosions and there's creepy alien space stations that are abandoned and nothing but aliens on them so fantastic I think this is what a movie should be or a, a Netflix show whatever they need to go with this and develop this character more I really dig it and I enjoy it and coming at number eight is man the return I can't believe it's been so long the Afterlife with Archie, issue number nine, which it seems like it's been forever. Uh, this is story by Roberto Aguirre Sacasa and art by Francesco Francovia, which is gorgeous art, very realistic, dark, brooding, noir style. Ton of orange. If you like orange and black, this is your comic book. It's 90% of that. <laughs> but this is the, I can't believe it, the last I looked it up, issue number eight of Afterlife with Archie has been over a year. May 6, 2015 is when issue 8 of Afterlife with Archie came out. That's before this podcast even existed. So I can't believe it's been that long. But this has been amazing. This is like, I think I want to take this out every Halloween and just read this. In a way, I sort of hope it ends soon so that it's just like 20 issues from beginning to end. But this is the backstory of Reggie. Although I never want it to end. It's fantastic. But And Reggie, again, I'm not the biggest Archie fan. I don't really know the significance or the importance of that character as to how they're making him sort of a villain in this. This is what it's ultimately about without spoiling all too much. But I think what's very cool is when Reggie is sort of developed as that number two guy, the guy that's jealous of Archie. I mean, come on, in the Archie world, who wouldn't be, right? He's all-star athlete. Everybody loves him. All the girls chase him. He has, uh, you know, the two most popular girls in school fall you know, in love with him. Like, you know, he just has it all. A family that talks to him and cares for him and has conversations. Reggie has, like, none of that. And so he's the number two that's just tired of living in the shadow of Archie. And it really establishes that in the creepiest of ways. But you have to see it for, for all of the creepy ways because there's a ton of it. But this is ultimately where I like that the zombie horde run by Jughead and the dog that started it all, Archie's dog, and Sabrina... When they they come across Reggie, you think they're just going to quickly dispatch him and kill him. When they don't, they have they want to recruit him. And Sabrina is this. She's floating through the air with like octopus tentacles all over her as she's following a master, whoever that master is. I guess we haven't seen the master. So it's more than just sort of a zombie horde. There's a lot going on here, and they don't kill him. They just let him walk by. And Jughead uh, has the dog sort of stop him, stop Reggie in his tracks. And that's the most interesting part. Is ultimately. Uh, the two things, the development of this character, Reggie, and his importance to the origin of the story, which he was the one that ran over Archie's dog. Then Archie went to the Sabrina, and they resurrected this dog, and the dog is the one that carried the zombie virus slash witch spell and started this whole apocalypse. So you do get the, the finally, the, the true origin of the entire series, and when it's Reggie that's the one that's responsible for it. So a lot going on here, a couple of great complex... Uh, storylines if you will with the origin and with the background of Reggie despising Archie and what he's going to do if he's recruited so check it out Afterlife, Afterlife with Archie it's been amazing uh, I could see it as a as a multiple Eisner winner and fantastic covers by Frances Francesco 
Frank Avia. So gotta check it out, Afterlife with Archie. Can't believe it's been a year, but worth waiting for. I mean, I even, thank goodness there's like a previously on in the, uh, right on the on page one, and it really gets you up to speed because, you know, come on, it's been a year. But fantastic, check out that. Check out Afterlife with Archie. Add it to your pull, it's amazing. Uh, coming in at number seven is from Marvel Comics, Captain America number one. Steve Rogers, Captain America number one, written by Nick Spencer and art by Jesus Saez. And the internet, of course, spoiled this early. You know, I, I saw that a lot of comic book shops for DC Rebirth were open at midnight, and it, I think that's when people, a lot of comic book poll guys like myself, grabbed their poll list and read uh, Captain America number one and then immediately spoiled it. It was like that midnight at Wednesday at midnight, and then again, three hours difference back east. I'm sure they were 9 o'clock. They had already been spoiling it. And I was, I was really kind of bummed by that because uh, as now everybody already knows, and spoiler if you don't, uh, pause here for a second, that uh, Captain America is quote-unquote a Hydra agent. <laughs> and Marvel has come forward and said it's not a gimmick. He's not a clone. There's no mind control. So I have a couple of theories as to how he is potentially a Hydra agent as a, a double agent, which is kind of the easy way to go, and or maybe time travel involved because there is this scene where... The, the him uh, Steve Rogers' father and mother are in the middle of the street, and he's being a drunk idiot, and like pushes the mom into the into the mud, if I remember. And that's how it's just this scene of Steve being a little kid having to witness that. Well, there's this woman here named I want to say Emily or Amelia, and I don't know enough about that hardcore part of Captain America's continuity, which I have a feeling there. This is where they're digging into. Where she's there instead and throws Steve Rogers' uh, dad into the mud in his drunk, idiot, idiot um, behavior that he's going in the middle of public and how he's treating, uh, you know, Steve Rogers, his mother. And so it's him that gets his face thrown into mud. So maybe she's just changed time, and then eventually she's talking to uh, Captain America's mom into going to a Hydra meeting. So was that just a time travel aspect we just saw there? Or are they trying to say it was always that way? I'm not sure. But either way, I like that thanks to the Captain America movies, the Russo brothers from, from uh, you know the actor Chris Evans, that's just bringing Captain America into the forefront, making it relevant, making it interesting. It's getting headlines. And I dig that all about it. So, uh, And it's great. You got the Red Skull that, that's introduced here that he wants to sort of take Hydra back. And there's... Uh, there's of course, the love of his life, uh, uh, Carter, who is, um, yeah, she's she's like very easily much older than him here, which I didn't know that was going on, and I know in the Captain America 3, uh, Agent Carter's not crazy older than him, they're of the same age, so there's a whole mess of continuity issues there, who cares, <laughs> but just, it's a well-done comic, and it's a headliner, and it's definitely controversial, gets you thinking, Cliff, I mean, talk about cliffhanger at the end, Hail Hydra, I mean, come on. So I gotta, I've added this to the poll, and I gotta see what happens next, and thank you to all the movies to keeping me interested. Over the years, I haven't collected too much Captain America, and I don't think the world has either. So nice to see it taking the lead, coming out ahead of the pack, and being something interesting and controversial that everyone wants to read. So fantastic job. Number six is Tokyo Ghost from Image Comics. Number seven, this is from, written by Rick Remender, and artist Sean Murphy, who is, his art is ridiculous. But this is a really, uh, <laughs> this is a crazy comic of where ultimately the theme of this is, is our, the two main characters, uh, Led and Debbie. They live in this futuristic Los Angeles where 
the, uh, some of these sort of constables or like Judge Dredd kind of guys <laughs> are seriously jacked in with these nano drugs and like 24-7 plugged into their brain directly is this horrible version of the internet. <laughs> it just seems like he's watching porn commercials the entire time. And they were, they tried to escape that kind of world. Debbie's been with uh, Led from the beginning. They were boyfriend, girlfriend, and they were, they were childhood sweethearts. And she still stays with them. She's like non, like one of the very few humans that's non-nano enhanced, non-jacked into this horrible porn internet. And she's just trying to bring him to the light, trying to redeem him, trying to get him off these drugs. It's like the story of uh, someone that's, this this intervention intervention story of a of a, a heroin addict is kind of what it's like, and she's really hoping that he gets out of this, but he's terrorizing people, and they go to to Tokyo, which is the last area left because it has this natural EMP effect. Tokyo does, and they even destroy that in previous issues. And what happens there, you got to go back and check out. Uh, this is only issue seven, and so much has happened. But this is ultimately where it's it feels like it's coming down to the end here where they have to decide where she's either going to kill him, he's going to be redeemed, or he's going to just do the right thing and awaken and not try to kill the woman that he loves. Because she's going around now, she's been imbued with this sword that is giving her this EMP ability, and she's going after these drug lords and these, these towns with all these nano injections of everyone's just whacked on this horrible internet, and cleansing them of all of this. And she's going around like she's now the Tokyo Ghost. And she's cleansing the world and kind of making it a better place. And now she's reaching the creator of all this horrible porn internet and nano-jacked stuff. Who is uh, this crazy leader that just walks around nude. Like he just doesn't care. Because he's that powerful and that rich. And he's that much of a billionaire. And he's created this this Harrier, this aircraft carrier. In the likeness of a just horrible Tokyo casino. <laughs> That's very porn-infused, if you will. So uh, definitely mature read. Uh, for any of you parents that are uh, thinking of your kids reading this or something. But, um, yeah, so Debbie finally knows uh, who the primary cause of this uh, horrible, uh, that's affected the, the, the world in this way, and she's going to the source. She's going to this crazy older man that walks around naked, and it has all these billions thrown around. It has this crazy henchman, top hat wearing henchman, that has the ability to sort of control the internet with this awesome arm that he has that connects into the internet and he can he can manipulate people's memories by effect by controlling the nanos in these in LED's bloodstream and what he's doing here to twist Debbie into make and he's going into LED's past into his memories and twisting it into that Debbie is a bad guy that's actually killing people so that they can fight each other is just twisted and messed up and so Ultimately, this doesn't answer it, but this is Debbie going against that that head honcho that's just not wearing any pants always. <laughs> it's uncomfortable to look at him. <clears throat> and then take on the right-hand man. So it's coming to an end here, and it's really getting interesting, and it's it's going to ultimately be come down to, is she going to just kill the man she loves? There's no more hope for him. Is he going to awaken and do the right thing? And that's what the, the core of the story is. So you have to read it for that. It's a good enough pre premise and just delivered so well. So that's why it's my number six. And coming in at number five from Valiant Comics, Bloodshot, number 13. Valiant is knocking it out of the park with this. Bloodshot Reborn, number 13. Uh, written by Jeff Lemire, who is an amazing writer. Artist by Louis La Rosa with help from Stefano Guadiano. 
very realistic, very gritty, very dark, very interesting, clean style. Panels are all over the place. The uh, premise of this is they're playing around with reality. We know from the Bloodshot character that he's brainwashed and told to go in to do certain things, missions for the government, if you will, from this this offshoot of the uh, government called the, I forgot what it's called, the something syndicate. But it seems like it's a, a branch of the, uh, the government, the Project Rising Spirit, that's what it is. And so he's brainwashed, he's told to do these missions, sometimes it's good and sometimes it's not good, where he, he's killing women and children but he doesn't know it, in his mind these nano-enhanced uh, robots that are in his bloodstream make him believe that he's always kind of doing the right thing and he'll at times awaken from that. And that's the premise of the Bloodshot character, is that he's trying to escape the control of Project Rising Spirit and just be his own person and, and really do good and live his own life. And the first, say, 10 episodes, 10 issues of this was him trying to, they, the nanites escaped from him and then he was trying to go throughout, because anyone that had nanites, they were turning into serial killers. And so he was going throughout the United States just trying to put down, capture, or take the nano uh, nanos, uh, the material back into him. Because he figures he's the only one that can, can semi-control it. Well, he got all the, the nanites back he takes off with this woman that he cares for and surprisingly has let her follow him around for a long period of time because it seems like he just leaves a trail of bodies. Her name is Magic. And they skip crazy forward like a leap in time, like 30 years into the future where the Earth is just destroyed and he's an old man living with Magic and he goes off to get water in this diesel truck to keep the town alive in various places where he has to like hijack water. And then Magic is... is is uh, in the crossfire. She's uh, she's killed in this, <clears throat> and he goes back to his original form, which he wasn't an old man. It was just what he chose to look like to age with the woman that he loved. And ultimately, with leaping forward in this story, uh, is he just being brainwashed again? Is this reality? Is it not reality? They play with that here, and you're not quite sure. You've got a team of people telling him now to wake up, and there seems to be a pod that he awakens from, and none of it looks like it actually happened, or did it? Is it all just in his mind? So Jeff Lemire is really playing around with that. Are you looking at reality? Are you not? Are they just trying to convince him something because it's Project Rising Spirit and just wanting him to do evil deeds? Like, it's just well done. And every week you're going like, is this reality? Is it not reality? So, and it's just action-packed and Bloodshot is kind of this combination Punisher uh, slash so many things. <laughs> but... He's an interesting character trying to just be his own person and uh, around this sort of uh, brain reprogramming, brainwashing, you will, if uh, Winter Soldier is a smidge in there, I guess. And uh, that's why it's my number five. Fantastic work, beautiful art, Bloodshot, Reborn. Check it out from Valiant Titles. Number four uh, from Marvel Comics is Daredevil, number seven. This is the cover winner of the week from Bafagni, Matteo Bafagni. Gorgeous cover. Like I said, Daredevil holding Elektra in his arms. There's sort of smoke in the foreground and Hell's Kitchen with helicopters in the background in a gritty style. It's just very iconic, gorgeously drawn. And this is the messed up moment of the week right here in this particular comic book without giving you up everything. Elektra's trying to kill Daredevil here thinking that he knows where Elektra's daughter is, quote unquote daughter. And from the time frame they've put together, this daughter could be Daredevil's, could be Matthew's daughter. And so they're fighting, and then there's a, a crazy flashback here 
and of course Charles Soule is writing it so there has to be sort of a courtroom moment <laughs> and, and he has uh, Electra shown Matthew a phone Daredevil a phone with Matthew doing something with Electra's daughter and as he looks at as he as he looks at the screen he can't see it <laughs> he doesn't want to admit that because Electra doesn't know his identity apparently I don't know how that happened in continuity but who cares and so he has to take it to Foggy and say, Foggy, can you look at the screen? Because I can't see anything. <laughs> and uh, he says there's nothing on it. There's absolutely nothing on it. So she's got to be brainwashed. She has to. Something has to be wrong with her. They figure out that she probably is, and that's why it's the messed up moment. That whoever is, they don't show who is the, the powers that be behind this, but they've made Elektra believe she had a daughter so they could kidnap her and make her believe that something horrible has happened to her daughter, but she doesn't have one. So that is just messed up, that they make her have these high level of intense connection and, and emotional feelings for a daughter that doesn't exist so they could take her away. So yeah, she has to go after this group. And is Matt going to follow? You're not really sure. But there's a lot more happening in here, but that's the gist. you got to check it out. It's great. I, I mean, why not season three of Daredevil for this sort of premise? I totally enjoy it. But it most definitely wins the messed up moment of the week with what they did to her and why they brainwashed her there just to really hurt her emotionally. That's messed up. Complex. Very good writing, Mr. Soul. Fantastic. So now we're into the top three. Here we go. Number three is Doctor Strange from Marvel Comics. Number eight, written by Jason Aaron and pencils by Chris Bacciolo, which is gorgeous. Maybe I think his best art in this run so far. But look at the team that he had on inks and colors. Crazy. He had like eight people helping him here. He had uh, like four people on inks. I won't read them all. And like four on colors. So, and it actually I think really worked for me because his art style is very complex and you have to look at it for a long period of time. And that could be taxing. I mean, hey, if you like me, you got 18 comics to go through sometimes and you're like, I got to keep staring at this page to understand what's happening physically. They clean that up. They simplified it. It's very clear and, and easy to understand sort of what's happening. So you can breathe through and it has a much better pace in, in that regard. And I, I for one, respect that and am appreciative of that. Because it wasn't like a two-minute read, which I know can upset people. They're like, man, it's done. Like, there's nothing. And it wasn't a 14- to 18-minute read, per se. It was, it was cleaned up to where it had a nice, good 10-minute pace of read. And the art style was cleaned up and simplified, so it just... And the premise is fantastic here. This I hope this is what the Doctor Strange movie is like, but I don't think it's going to be. But this is ultimately having Doc, Doctor Strange kind of scour the Earth for any sort of magic relics that have any sort of essence or little bit of power left in it. Because magic's being destroyed and replaced ultimately with science. And so they're scouring the Earth. He's in this crazy-looking cave. It's gorgeous-looking. He has to put on a... A sort of scuba helmet that's infused with a smidge of magic left <clears throat> to help him find this bow and arrow, this magic imbued bow and arrow that he's looking for. And these crazy like science wolves and, uh, and alligators are chasing him through this cave. So it's just a simple story there. He's got really no magic to help him. He has to has to kind of go back to basics and and use his, uh, his <laughs> some of his hydra training or hydra training, his, uh, his shield training in bow and arrow and and how he talks about briefly here about how uh, hawkeye helped him with bow and arrow training but he never passed that training <laughs> but he's still pretty decent and uh <clears throat> it's just doc strange back to basics he's using this like magic slug to like find this this bow and arrow but these wolves are just coming down on him quickly and they're science infused robotics slash wolves 
And he does find the bow and arrow, thank goodness. And it's just the, the timing, the pace, the action of it is just so well done. I can't give props enough to Mr. Bachalo. Especially the scene with the motorcycle where <coughs> there's a character that is going across this bridge and he has this uh, this explosive that he throws at the at the at the uh, motorcycle and it blows the bridge up and just the, the pacing of that scene and the kinetic energy of that explosion and the motorcycle going one way and them going the other but being chased by these crazy wolves and then his little group his real ragtag group he's got here together with like Scarlet Witch and a few other magicians I'm sorry I don't remember them don't follow Doc Strange in a heavy amount of way or but I know there are other sort of characters uh, that have uh, magic powers they're sort of kind of talking him out of this like they should just run you know like there's very little hope and he's like hey I can cut my wrists here and pour my blood onto this magic this magic map and he'll tell me where some of these artifacts are that we can gather as much as we can to fight these bad guys and these science bad guys that are trying to destroy all the magic throughout the world and uh so he has to sort of step up as the leader here, and I like that. It 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 made me feel good. Like, hey, Doc Strange is a is a leader, and he's inspiring people. And he's like, it may look bleak, but we have to keep going. And you, you just get that hero feel, and I dig that. I always want that in a lot of these, especially Marvel superhero type comics. And then you go to Wong, who's actually still in the house, and Wong has the uh, the uh, librarian assistant that's there, and she manages to grab like a magic book. So how that's going to affect things, they luckily get away, and what that's going to do for the future, and is there is it worth it? But in where she takes the book from and where they escape from, something's been unleashed in a deep, dark cave of, of Doctor Strange's house. Is it going to be good? Is it going to be bad? Is it a magic-imbued creature? Who knows? But I dug it. It should be a movie. I hope the movie's... In, if it's 20% of this, I'll be completely happy. But just well done. Great pace. Great action comic. And like I said, Bachalo's art out of this world gorgeous couldn't recommend it more that's why it's my number three so coming in at number two uh, from image comics is the legacy of luther strode written by justin jordan art by trad moore and this by far is like i said some of the this is the uh, art winner by the way fantastic art some of the best fight like hand like fist fighting sequences i've maybe ever seen or have seen in a very long time there are two-page splashes here. It is brutal. It's bloody. It's it's like the best of the best kung fu action movies. Their superheroes are super powered. They ultimately just are very strong and can be, I mean, skewered and stabbed and missing limbs and keep fighting. It's bloody. It's multicolored. I mean, the opening pages goes from blue to red to yellows to oranges to blacks. Just props to color and coloring by Philippe Sobrero. Have to give him props, because it is a multitude of colors. It's just a rainbow of colors, but it works. A ton of orange and red here because of all the blood. But this is the final showdown. This is the finale? Question mark. <laughs> of of our main character Luther Strode, who finds the sort of creator of the almanac that imbues certain people with powers that's what it ultimately is about and most of those people he's been imbuing powers with have become villains and he's dispatched them all uh, Luther has so this is the final showdown this is it seems like this uh, very well could be the end I'm not going to tell you if it is or not um, although I did I did say finale question mark <laughs> but this is just action-packed not dialogue heavy you got some two two page splashes here of a intense brutal fight and it is just non-stop. You just, your jaw drops at some of the action, some of the things they do to each other, and they're able to still fight and walk away. 
is crazy. And his art style is kind of like, some of the coloring is done to where you're looking at sort of a x-ray vision form of the human body where you can see the red muscles and the where the blood flows. It's like you're constantly seeing this x-ray version of human beings, which uh, plays out in a really brutal style. So I really dig that. But you've got him, him and his girlfriend uh, still there. They have one other person that was imbued with the power of the almanac that is actually good, that's trying to help. She's stepping in. But I tell you, Kane, who is the main bad guy here, is not going in, going out without a uh, without a, a, a serious intense fight. There's even a moment where he like hypnotizes uh, one of the characters with his eyes, and they show the other side of what they're seeing in their brain, and it causes blood to just come out of their eyes. It's crazy. You just have to see it to completely understand. And it's all, uh, finale on number six, so it's easy to go back and pick up the one through five of Legacy of Luther Strode. It is fantastic. It's bloody. It's a ton of fun. It's brutal. But check it out, buy it. It's fantastic. It it holds up over time. I went back and read some of the other old Luther Strode stuff. Holds up really well. Great, simple story, fantastic premise. But the number one comic this week is it makes me kind of happy and sad that it's uh, maybe the ending finale <laughs> of Rachel Rising, from written and drawn by Terry Moore of Abstract Studio, his own private publishing company it's number 42 it says final issue it says it on there final issue and this is what we have all been waiting for rachel rising ultimately in a nutshell is the story of this woman that awakens from being killed she's in the dirt she rises she is uh, she a zombie is she a witch what is she she was dead her memory is all swiss cheese and she's ultimately trying to figure out who killed her and along the along the way she comes to find out what she truly is, which I've said before, so I won't spoil it again, but she uh, is she a witch, a demon, an angel? It's a little complicated. I won't spoil it there. But she ultimately finds the man that killed her. And that face-to-face -face moment they have together, it's, it's really been building. It's really a climactic ending. She embraces sort of her powers. She puts a spell on... The woman that answers the door, the husband, uh, the the wife of this of this man that killed her, uh, she is uh, part of the problem, and she she puts a spell on her with a, with this food that she cooks. So she's embracing sort of her powers, which she doesn't do too much of. And the woman lets her in, and she tells her to commands her to eat her hair. That's what uh, Rachel Rising tells this woman to do, and man, she just goes about that for a while. Oh, gruesome, creepy, scary. What a way to put down an enemy, but not kill her per se, but to kind of torture her. Ugh. And she finds this man like plugged into a bunch of machines, like on an IV, not really sure if he's conscious. And she brings just a hammer with her. <laughs> How she uses the hammer is gruesome, and I just don't want to tell you too much because it's it it it's a has a great ending to it, and. It's, I mean, I can't believe that number one came out August 3rd of, of 2011, so it's been, I guess, coming up on August will be five years that it's taken to get here, but this is most definitely a reread for me. There's a lot of intricate storytelling in the past issues that really, I mean, stand alone. I would say this series has the most of that single issue standalone where you can pretty much grab any particular one 
and you'll figure it out re relatively quickly and understand here what the premise is and she's trying to find the murderer but she has a, a group of friends that she's and people that are following her and there's a, there's a demon involved that's trying to just destroy this town and why they're trying to destroy it is is uncovered and explained it's just it's complex it's what Terry Moore does with his amazing ability to develop interesting characters that you care for and over the last week or so I've been reading more strangers in paradise which is amazing like what's been going on in volume two of the omnibus of strangers in, Par in paradise has practically had me like like in tears <laughs> it's really well done I'm all in on that series as well this captures all of that as well into another group another set of interesting characters but this is it this is the finale and it most definitely comes to an end <laughs> That's all I'll say. But that is why it's my number one. I'm going to reread all these, which I never do, and that says a lot. I want to grab all 42 and go through them again. They are amazing reads. It's black and white. I do wish kind of it was colored. I'll say it. But black and white and his art, the details, the facial, the expressions, the emotion that he's able to imbue on his characters is real. And how he how he really captures, I think, the, the essence and the understanding of women it's just amazing. I mean, if I ever get uh, the chance to talk to him again, which I did in a con a couple years ago, uh, that's one thing I want to ask him. Is like, you know, how did you really get into the psyche of a woman? How is it that you're able to really portray them so well and you capture their essence and you, know, you understand? He must be very tight. Must have great relationships with the woman in his life. I'm sure that's what the answer is. But I have to tell you, get Rachel Rising. They're going to reprint it in multiple ways. I'm sure. I'm hoping for an omnibus. I'll get it. Like a director's cut omnibus, that would be great, Mr. Moore, if you could bless us with that. That would be fantastic. <laughs> I'm sure he's already working on it. But uh, I'm all in. Check Terry Moore out. T check out everything he's done. But this is maybe his best piece of work. I don't know. I'm still in Strangers in Paradise. But I loved this, and it was amazing, and it uh, captures my heart and and my money. <laughs> so I can't recommend it enough. That is why it's my number one, Rachel Rising, number 42, the finale. <laughs> so there you go. Those are all my comic book reviews. Man, 10 this week, and they're all so solid. Please go to your local comic book shop and buy these immediately. They all came out Wednesday, May 25th. And support your local comic book shops and buy these on paper. And hold the paper in your hand and enjoy it. It's a, it's a hobby that will just keep on giving because you can read them again later. It's fantastic. If you want to see all my past picks, like I said, and all my, all my pull list uh, items, just go to sunspotscomics.com. See everything there. And in closing, again, please, if you know where Bruce Lee is in X-Men Apocalypse, where his image is, where his likeness is, where a quote of his was, email me, chris at sunspotscomics.com. I'd love to know where it is. I won't even scour the internet from this point. I'll wait till someone writes in and tells me. And don't forget to tune in next week for issue number 57. I'm actually only reading eight comics next week, so it'll be short and sweet, but there are five new number ones coming out for June 1st, Wednesday, June 1st. So I'll be checking those out and I hope they're good so that I can recommend them to you and pick, hopefully have them on the favorites list and talk about them and add them to the poll, etc. So thanks again for listening to issue number 56. Thanks for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thanks for all the support again. Happy anniversary. Thanks for everything you've done to keep me going for this fantastic year. And I'm just going to keep going and hope again that I'm inspiring folks to read comic books and buy comic books. Um, at your local comic book shop. So thank you, and don't forget to be like water, my friends, and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye. If you're looking for a place where your love is shared the same For the stories where the hero saves the girl somehow Well, look no further, friends, the adventure never ends We will save the world somehow
Comics Town. Saturday this weekend. Um, what? Yeah. How's the sound if we're just sitting right here, like I don't know. in comfortable position? I'm not very comfortable. This yeah. is comfortable. That's comfortable. Yeah. <laughs> Leaning back. Yeah. How's it when we're back here? I don't know. How is it? Like, let's say some stuff. Pumpernickel. Pumpernickel. Don't put your dirty ass shoe on that box. You can take your shoe off, and then there you go. Then you can Smelly feet, on. though. Uh oh. Here, I'll turn the fan on. <laughs> and turn this fan on. Might get warm in oh, here. Oh, boy. Anyway. This is going to end up on.